Hello and welcome back to the Trick Play Podcast on Fresh Take Network. I'm Simon Chaskovsky here with Caleb Peterson. I had to go, I had to go anger bike. I just like biked up a hill um, because <laughs> I was so mad. I was up 20 goddamn points. Tyree Kill sucks. God damn it. <laughs> I'm so mad. And I, I thought I was going to be rich. <laughs> Fill an entire parking structure with that. Fill an entire baseball stadium. Yankee Stadium is filled with Lambos. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Trick Play Podcast on the Fresh Take Network. I'm Sam Chiskovsky here with Caleb Peterson and shortly we'll be breaking down all the sports related news, rumors, and drama that you will want to hear about. Starting off in the NFL, we'll be go- talking about the Broncos benching Russell Wilson and expecting to cut him after the season. Then we'll go into the Hall of Fame finalists that were announced and how the Jets are planning to bring back both Douglas and Sala for 2024. Then moving into the NHL, we'll be talking about Canada or more who could be on Canada's roster in 20, the 2025 International Tournament. Then we'll move into the NBA and talk about the Heat retiring both Michael Jordan and Russell's numbers. So we'll see. We'll talk about that a little bit. And then we'll move into the MLB, maybe talk a bit about the Blue Jays and their offseason, how it's going for them, and how every Blue Jays fan is depressed as hell about not getting Otani. Make sure to check us out on YouTube, Fresh Take Network, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter as we have new content coming out every single week on each and every one of those platforms. And not on Twitter, it's on X. Simon, edit the script. Caleb, are you ready to get into it? That's not the right Absolutely. We, we, we did it. That's, that's... <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, perhaps the biggest news in NFL circles as of recently has been around Russell Wilson. And now I feel like I have a particular um, qualifications to talk about this with Russell Wilson being my favorite player for 10 years before it was traded to the Broncos. When and then I he was your my least favorite. And then you hated him. And... Yeah. I, fe- I fell to my knees and screamed out loud in a high, a high school parking lot when I learned the news <laughs> that he was traded. So I had pretty high emotional investment in this. But obviously, as a Seahawks fan, I can kind of finally... I mean, we already kind of knew that this trade was a huge win for the Seahawks as of last season um, with the quality players and picks that they got with the Broncos doing significantly worse than everyone thought they did and Russell Wilson kind of combusting in front of everyone's eyes. But this has finally come to a head as Russell Wilson, with two games left in the season, with the Broncos still as likely as it, un, unlikely as it may be, still in the playoff race, they bench him for Jarrett Stidham and are expected to cut him after the season is over. The guy um, who, for like 10 seconds in like 2019, people thought was going to replace Tom Brady on the New England yeah, Patriots. But which, which never happened. Which never happened. Um, Simon, what do you what do you think about this just in general? Like what it means for the Broncos, what it means for the Seahawks, what it means for this trade, and well, where I, it ranks among worst in NFL history potentially. Well, if we're talking, I think that's that's a lot of different things. I think uh, the trade, the, yeah, that was a, that was quite a few different questions. I think the trade. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. My opinion on the trade has actually, I was one of the few Seahawks fans I think even at the time that didn't hate it, but that's only because. I, I don't know. I like the fact that we were getting a lot of picks back, which worked out in our favor in the end. I yeah. I mean, I was holding out hope that I think I was I was looking in the wrong direction. I was hoping Drew Locke would be good for us. I in my head, which again shows 
that I was still off. I'm not. I'm still gonna full, willing to fully admit that I was still wrong. Um, I thought that he was gonna be the one that would work out better for us, and maybe I was thinking at the time that he just needed a better system. Gino was the one that actually worked out. Who the hell would have guessed that one though? <laughs> that, nobody. Yeah, nobody, nobody could have saw that coming. So. The draft picks is where we really capitalized. People can talk all you want about Gino being as good as he was, but that's what won the trade. Like, no offense, I was hoping he'd be good for us, but he ended up just being eh. He hasn't, he hasn't been amazing. He's been good. He's been what we've we should him, have expected but it's, him to be is probably yeah. the best way to put it. Like, he's been a good tight end, but it's not like we've been... He will show up from time to time, but he's not a game-breaker. Yeah, that, that's a really good way to put it, actually. That... We got I I I don't have the trade right in front of me. I should see if I can. So pull we got it. I I can I can probably pull it from memory. So we got the round one pick last year, which turned into Charles Cross. We got yeah. round two pick that year as well, I believe, which was Boye Mafe. We have the Witherspoon pick, obviously. We got Devin yeah. Witherspoon, which was probably the most exciting part of the trade. Um, we got Tyreek Smith was like a fifth round pick. We got Noah Fant, Drew Locke, Shelby Harris. Um, and then maybe another pick thrown in there that turned into somebody that I can't get off the top of my head right now. But no, those are the main pieces. That's... And obviously, oh, I have it written. Obviously, acquired. Okay. See how see how accurate I was. Oh, I don't, I don't have who who they got with the picks. What I have, I can, I can probably tell you that. I could probably tell two you two first round picks, two pick. second selections. Drew Lock. Uh, it doesn't have anything else actually. Which is weird because you're totally we, right on the we, Noah fans, Shelby Harris. Because I remember and Shelby that. Harris. Yeah. Yeah. I so, think this, I think Seattle might have traded that second rounder, that second one, because they got Boye Mafe with one of them, but I don't think they would have gotten anybody else with the other one. Okay. I might. Well, be whatever, wrong. whatever it was, it doesn't really matter. It's we. I Seattle won the, the trade big, by a hefty margin, taking out whoever we missed. Uh, yeah. Like it's. And the the big the big pieces. I'm gonna look it up because it's gonna drive me crazy if I don't get this right. But the big pieces of it are um, Charles Cross, Boye Mate, Devin Witherspoon. Drew Locke. And obviously with how Russell Wilson... Okay. Obviously with how <laughs> Russell Wilson has played... Um, with how Russell Wilson has played in the last two seasons and how Charles Cross is becoming a franchise left tackle who has played sneakily well, Devin Witherspoon should win Defensive Rookie of the Year, and Boye Mafe has nine sacks this season. Do people not understand how good Boye Mafe has been? Nine sacks this season. It's in one of the top edge rushers in his sophomore season, which is fantastic. Um, oh, Derek Hall was the other one, um, who was their second-round pick from this year. He hasn't done much yet, but... Um, that's again it's his rookie year who knows what will happen yeah um but so those are the big pieces it's obvious to say that the seahawks won the trade um oh really i don't think it's one of the worst <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> i don't think it's one of the worst in nfl history um i think there's a lot more like the herschel walker trade i think the c i think you also have to see how cross and witherspoon develop for and mafe develop for the rest of their careers um if they can keep up the success that they've had then we'll be able to truly say like if they if Seattle starts winning and gets to the Super Bowl with Cross and Witherspoon as like blue chip players, um, then you can say it's comparable to like the Herschel Walker trade in terms of building um, a potential multiple Super Bowl winner for the Seahawks because that's what the Herschel Walker trade did. And until that does that for Seattle, then it's not the worst in NFL history, like I've seen some people say. But it's still Package, obviously like, not piece right, for because... piece though. 
it's pretty bad. Especially out of it's pretty bad. Yeah. Like it's not good. I think the I think the biggest thing that made this trade bad was last year, because Russell Wilson. I I'll transition into the point I wanted to get to next, um, with this. Russell Wilson obviously first year was terrible, and that's part of why this draft this trade was so bad. If it was just Russell Wilson for Charles Cross, Boye Mafe, it's like, okay, that's pretty bad, but you can sink that, and you'd probably be fine. But adding Witherspoon in that, too, I think that is what makes this trade huge, and it's because Denver was so bad in that second season that they got that fifth pick. Because remember, when this trade was made, people assumed the Broncos were going to be Super Bowl contenders, so people assumed that first-round pick they were giving to Seattle um, in the next year was going to be like 25, 26, 27 in that kind of range. But it ended up being five. That's where the value, that's where the biggest value in this trade more than anything comes from. Um, but, so that's the bad part of this trade. But I think what this, the conversation kind of ignores is Russell Wilson has not played bad this year. He has been a decent middle of the road quarterback this year who just got paid way too much money. Um, and I, I don't know I don't know what your opinions are of Rus- just looking at Russell Wilson the quarterback now, but I think he does get a little bit too much hate. No, I agree with you. Like this year, he has had a pretty damn good year. I think, uh, or at least compared to last year, he's obviously still making too much money. There's no argument on that. But uh, I don't know the main stats that I was looking at because if we want to move a little bit more into like. The fact that he got benched, because I think that's pretty interesting. And the fact that he's yeah. going to get cut, and where and we might the, think the that bench... he might go. But, uh... And before you lead into stats about um, him being benched, it's important to say that part of the reason they benched him with two games left is because there's some sort of thing in his contract yeah. that says if he gets injured, the Broncos have to pay him like a shit ton more money. Um, so that's why they're doing it now. So yeah. I'll, I'll let you go into to the well, stats with that. In I mind. mean, there's even stats kind of backing up why they why they did it because they're still technically alive in the AFC playoff race with a seven and eight record, but they do not control their yeah. own destiny. For one, they've gone yeah. one and three over the last four game with Wilson's play not being great. He's thrown six touchdowns and four picks. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the biggest thing is the the Patriots game that just happened because um, a lot of those. I mean, the the Broncos had their hot streak. They won five in a row, and Russ was playing great. He beat some great teams like the Bills and the Chiefs. Um, but it's that Patriots game that just happened on Christmas Christmas Eve. Um, that's probably the final nail in the coffin. Where he, it's kind of what we've seen from him all year on this Broncos team, where he's just not making. He's not the difference maker he was with the Seahawks. He's turned into a game manager, almost like he was at the start of his career with the Seahawks. He isn't transcendent Russell anymore. He's not going to be the MVP level of player that he was. Um, he's kind of just a game manager. I think he's pretty good at it, but he's not going to push you to win football teams against a team that has a sneaky good defense like the Patriots. Um, but it's not. But it, but the question of it's like, is that going to be any worse than what Jared Stidham's going to give you? I don't know. And it is it is very any telling. Worse? The injury thing aside, any worse? I don't. No. I don't any I, better? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he obviously he's going to be better than than what Jared Stidham's going to give. Like I I don't have any faith in that. That's kind of what I meant to say. But yeah, yeah. Um. In 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 um. When you're looking, it says a lot, I think, about what where they were at with Russell, um, 
to bench him for two potentially very important games when they know they're going to get better quarterback play out of him, um, just in terms of how fed up organizationally they are with him. Because I don't know if you've heard this, Simon, but um, Russell has known this is coming for a long time. Back in Denver's bye week before they beat the Bills, they told him that if his play didn't instantly improve, they were going to bench him. So he's known that this is coming for a long time. When was time. their bye week again? And... I um, it was before they beat the Bills, which is, I don't remember what week that was. I think it was like week 10. Um, wow, that is a But a long, a long time ago, hmm. a long time ago. So he's known that this is, and I think that just, that honestly speaks to his character and his determination to be able to play with knowing that the, the axe is basically behind him the entire time. And all it took was this one performance for them to just say, pull the plug on it. Um, which I, which I think honestly sucks for him. Yeah. Yeah. I think he needs needed a reset. He's having a good year, don't get me wrong, but this hasn't been working. Like, nobody can really mm-hmm. sit here and tell... You can't sit here and tell me that this has been working at all. I, I, I am more curious on where you think that he could go. Because obviously, he's getting um, cut. He's controlling his own future here. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and it'll be... It'll be interesting to see. I don't know the exact details of the contract. I think that's the biggest thing. The Broncos are going to have to eat a lot of money um, to cut him, and it's like, and that's obviously going to hamper them. I don't know what kind of, I don't know what kind of money he'd be looking for out in the free agent market. That's probably going to alter some things. But I think, um, I think a couple things in terms of his next destination. I think number one, I think you're right that this wasn't working in Denver. And I think it will, he will be even better than he was this year just because he doesn't have to have the pressure of the trade anymore. That's the big thing. He doesn't have to have the pressure of the trade, doesn't have to have the pressure of the contract. That can be all wiped clear. So he spoke about wanting to like stay in Denver, win championships in Denver. If I'm Russell Wilson, I do not want to spend another second in Colorado. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm leaving that, that city, that state as soon as I possibly can. Um, because of just all the pressure and expectations that have been forced on him, um, because he's been the butt of a joke for the last two years, and that cannot be good for any quarterback's confidence. I think he can. He's not going to be that level ever again. I think one that thing that, Seattle. and this is just popping up in my own head, just just right now. I I'm curious how because the one thing that I've always that I've heard constantly about this draft class is how good the QBs are across the board. Really good quarterbacks. I wonder how much that's going to affect maybe a potentially worse team on wanting to give him a lot of money, especially if they have a lower draft pick and have a chance at one of those quarterbacks. I'm curious how that might impact things as well. I think there's a lot of factors to consider. Yeah, I don't think these... I mean, with the amount of young quarterbacks there are, there's still going to be some teams that are going to take him on as a potential starter. I don't think he's going to be a backup. I think someone is going to give him a starting job by the end of um, I cannot this offseason. Imagine him backing it up, backing up. That'd be so. No, weird. I can't. Like, I can't. He's in a world where, like, and this is not an insult on Josh Dobbs, but like prior to the season, in a world where Josh Dobbs is starting, and I don't know to name a, a few like. I can't even think of any others off the top of my head. I've, Zach Wilson, I mean, with, like, I, mean, I guess, Joe Flacco. Yeah. A, lo- a lot of it good. is with injuries, yeah. Yeah, like, in a world where all of those players are capable of starting in an NFL game, and you're telling me Russell Wilson has to sit on a bench somewhere? 
I don't know, man. That that feels very weird. It's not. I, didn't, I wasn't even thinking about him being a backup. I think that he totally could go somewhere else and start. Like, I think a team like... Yeah. I mean, the Raiders, they have a couple of QBs at this point. Because they have Jimmy... How long is Jimmy G there for? Jimmy G is not seeing another snap with the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, well... <laughs> there is no I, way... I there is see... no way... There's no way in hell. There's no way in hell. I could see him They've already benched him for Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's no way. There's no way. No. If you bring back Jimmy G and the Raiders, fire everybody. Fire I'm everybody. saying, Jimmy I'm G saying that I think another that game in the NFL. I was not suggesting that. I was saying that Russ could slide in there as a different veteran. Okay, okay. That's what okay. I was suggesting. I did not mean that Jimmy G was going to come back. I, I was I asking hear, what I his contract was like. I was asking about his Jimmy G's contract and how long he was with the Raiders because I think that would impact whether they'd want to sign another veteran QB. But, I mean, off the top of my head, other than that, what other spots would potentially be open? Maybe the Browns? No, they have Deshaun Watson locked down. They have Deshaun. Um, okay, in, in terms of potential landing spots, like the, Raider, the Raiders is a good one. I, I think that's a, that's a spot I could see him. Another spot I could see him in is the Falcons. Um, How good is Ritter? The Falcons, uh, not great. They benched him again. He's been benched twice. Um, okay. Well, and yeah, that's one so I could see. He is not. He is not the future. It'll be Russell coming in. If Arthur Smith survives another year, that's a terrible mistake. So it's probably Russ with a new coach, which probably is good for him. Um, you got the Bucks could be a potential and a lot option. Of I actually really like the idea of the Falcons. Because yes, the Falcons would be that'd fantastic. be really, really. I think that would work really well for him too. Like yeah, he, for the, the only, first the time only thing in his with... career since like uh, I don't know Marshawn Lynch. I don't consider Javante Williams to be a good or an incredible running back. He's gonna have an elite running back to work with. He'll have Drake London's a pretty good wide receiver. You'll have Kyle Pitts as a as a pretty easy backup plan if he ever gets more than, a, like, a certain amount of catches. Darn you, Arthur Smith. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, he's going to have a lot of weapons in that offense. And who knows, they could even bring in more in the offseason. Because that, if they go and get Russell, that'd be a win-now move. I, I think that'd be them putting all of their eggs into the season. Whether you want to, because they're in a position where they don't need to win now, which is kind of my only argument against them. Just because I almost feel like you'd rather go young, QB, because your running back, your star running back's young, your star wide receiver's young, your star tight end's young, everybody's young. You don't need to go out and sign a veteran yeah. right now, right? So that's the only reason I kind of disagree on the Falcons. Not that they'd be a bad team, or not that I don't think it'd be a good fit. More just the fact that I don't know what's necessarily in it for the Falcons. You'd just be rushing. And all just yeah. to take a risk uh, on a guy who yeah. hasn't been incredible for the last two years. Yeah, I think their thing is, like, they're in a weird spot in the draft um, right now. Right now they sit at number 10. The top three, to, I mean, Caleb Williams and Drake May are going to be the top two. Then you've got Jaden Daniels won the Heisman. He's going to be up there as well. Those three are all going to be probably gone by the time that the Falcons pick. And then the next 
QBs are a pretty definitive tier down because um, you've got Bo Nix, Michael Penix, um, and J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. Like, those guys are all kind of late first-round picks. Um, if you're the Falcons, are you taking a shot there with at number 10 to reach on one of those guys? I don't know. You could reach, so maybe could they want to take... Yeah, they could They could do a lot of stuff, um, but it, they are in a place That's where... That's a better point. That makes me more confident back... about Russ going there. Actually. Yeah, I, it could happen, but I I also agree with you in terms of a young a young quarterback. I think is better for them. Yeah. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting. They've got um, if we're if we're looking at other potential teams, you can cross like Commanders Patriots would be interesting fits, but they're probably going to draft a young quarterback. Um, How I could Howell see ah uh, terrible. Oh, um, lovely. He's okay. been benched. Oh, okay. Um, this should show how much I've watched. How much time I've had? Yeah. I'm just for context. I'm I'm busy. Move on. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, 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 I don't know how attached the Saints are to Derek Carr. That could be another one I'd see. That's another one um, where Ray, I think you just need to look at the contract. Yeah. Um, Although Russell, the idea you know, of him, are, Russ and Sean Payton basically swapping. <laughs> is yeah, that would be kind of funny. But um, uh, I don't know. The, uh, Although for the for the Saints, the the Russell Wilson thing is kind of their, that seems like their their kind of thing because they've been making lateral moves like that for a long time. That's Anyways, true, um, I guess uh, Raiders we've talked about. I don't know what Kirk Cousins' situation is like in Minnesota. That could be an interesting. I was gonna one. say that one, but it sounded like Kirk was coming back because Jefferson wanted him back, and that makes me okay. fairly confident that. Yeah. I if if your star wide receiver says they that he wants you to keep your quarterback, you're not going to trade your quarterback, right? Like yeah. you're going to bring back Kirk. Especially, I don't know how much Kirk would cost. Is he he's on he's on a contract for a while, isn't he? Or is he a free agent? No, he's a free agent. He's okay. a free agent. Well, coming week. off an Achilles injury, I'm assuming his price wouldn't be too crazy. I'm assuming they're just going to bring him back. He also was probably bring him good. back. But he was also he was pretty very good. good. He was very good. He I think his price will be higher than you think even with the injury because okay. he was very good but i i could i don't know where i i could see him coming back a lot of this is very up in terms of where russ goes it's very up in the air yeah. um just because we don't know who people have drafted we don't know what free agency is going to be like um we don't know what the coaching situation is going to be like for a lot of these teams a lot of these teams think, are going to fire their coaches what do you think on like a patriots <laughs> well the pa- the patriots are probably just going to draft somebody that's where yeah. i'm that's more for me going, they don't have a quarterback, and Russ in a Patriots jersey would make me want to jump off a bridge. Yeah, it would. I saw I saw a jersey swap of that recently. Did you actually? It, it, made, me oh. phys- it, made, me, it made me physically ill, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, that's, that was that, pretty awful. What's another team that's kind of like that? Like, in division, imagine him on, like, Arizona for some reason. Although Kyler's paid for a while, I guess. Kyler's. Um, thankfully, all the people in division have quarterbacks. Like, if he yeah. ever pulls a Richard Sherman and goes to the Niners, like, that's when I'm actually going to jump off a bridge. Oh but it's God. not going to happen, so. <laughs> That'd be so gross. They've goes got, to the Rams. Stafford doesn't yeah, come back it's not next year. Goes to the Rams. Holy crap. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Hell would but... rain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll what's a, I, what's I can end this, this. Well, I, I, I was going to say. You know, I, I, w- I wanted to add on one more question, actually, because I think this okay. is the next step in this entire thing. What do you think's next for the Broncos? Okay, okay. Um, for the Broncos, I think it's interesting, because Sean Payton has kind of 
crashed and burned, honestly. Um, one of Sean Payton's primary jobs to uh, when he was brought into this Broncos team was to revive Russell Wilson. Now, I'm not saying he, can ta- he can't have success past that, because obviously he can. He but this has been a disaster of his did. season. And he kind of did, yeah. but not to the point where they're, not, they got not what they the were expecting. Yeah, he he yeah. revived him in the same way that he kind of, if you want to look at it like this, kind of revived Drew Brees after he couldn't throw him throw anymore past 25 years yeah like the other thing the other thing is though um sure he maybe brought him back i don't know how much of it was russell how much of it was sean payton we'll never know in terms of getting him back up to speed but um you can also tell that sean payton did not trust russell wilson like from the jump like there's there's a lot like he's screaming at russell wilson on the sideline for literally doing nothing um he's calling him out before the season even began and you can say sure maybe russell needed some of that hard love and i think that could be a part of it but i also think sean payne just didn't believe in him from the get-go so i think sean, his his tenure is but, already off to a rocky start yeah yeah i guess i i guess i just don't understand why sean payton would want to come to the broncos if he didn't believe him from the start that that logic doesn't make sense to me that's the only reason i don't yeah. Because, like, what, I mean, what else is here in Denver that would make him want to be here? There's lots of good pieces in Denver, right? They I have a guess. pretty decent def- – like, you, we always like, forget that think... a year ago they had the best defense in the league. Okay. They were the best defense okay. in the league. And but they have Sertan, they have lots of good players. can't get you very far if your quarterback's Stidham. Yeah, yeah. But, but I don't know. the I think... wall that he's quickly – walked himself into i mean i don't know what he expected i guess if he never thought russell yeah. was gonna pan out and he still came here yeah and now he's sitting here let's say let's say he saw this entire thing coming and now stidham's his quarterback and i they're seven and eight their pick's not gonna be anything crazy they might be a team that i could definitely see one of those later first round picks you were talking about landing on um if they even have their first. Do they have their first this year? They do, right? The Broncos? Yep, they do. They okay, do. well, then that's yeah. that's one I could potentially see them. I could see them landing probably around 20 with that 7-8 and eight record, maybe a little bit higher than that, like maybe mid-15, 15-16 area. I could see them either trading back or, like, maybe reaching on a QB. They're at 14 now. Yeah. Like, I, do you think it'd be out of the picture for them to reach and try and grab? No. Not, no. not from there. The other the other thing is is that I'm not the biggest I'm not the biggest draft guy. Like I, I follow the draft closer than a lot of people I think, but not to the standard of a lot of actual people who watch like tape and stuff. But a, a trend that I've noticed is that quarterbacks in the draft process from February to April, where the Super Bowl is over and the focus is on the draft quarterbacks rise because people need quarterbacks you look at mock drafts now they're not going to be the same and people are going to start having players like bo nix michael Penix, and jj mccarthy they're going to start creeping that's, into the that's team that's the thing because you hear you hear i feel like i've even heard a lot of things from a lot of different people about like players like uh i was bo nix one of the later ones i feel like i hear his name a lot like Jaden yeah. daniels was the other one where like i one of those names where, like, a guy, they're a guy who you're saying late first-round pick. I've heard people say, like, higher, mid-first-round pick. For Jaden Daniels, I say high. Jaden yeah. Daniels is high at this point. Yeah. Like, I, I've heard a lot of those later quarterbacks you mentioned talked about as, like, a mid-to-first. 
But that's coming from my very casual draft knowledge on this draft class. I'll learn yeah. more. I think it. I think. I mean, that always that always solidifies when we a know draft order and b start. Actually, people start getting more into the scouting and hearing more from the teams as to what the rumors of what they want to do, what they don't want to do, that kind of thing. Um, but either way, like I think the Broncos. If we're going going back to the future of the Broncos, I think a young quarterbacks probably the only way they can go, um, or just trying to ride out the year with some backup level player because the rust contract is going to hamper them bad for the rest of um because they're going to have to get a lot of guaranteed money that's going to take up a lot of their cap space and they're going to be pre- prevented from doing a lot so they're going to have to invest in rookies they're not going to have a lot of choice yeah um, i'd almost argue one that of you the just appealing teams to watch in the next few years just because they're Honestly, just because of this Russell Wilson. I, um, well, I, I'm very interested. I was about to say, I wonder what the cut's going to look like for Russ. Where, like, is that just them paying it off like he's here? Like, what is that necessary? I don't know how the, how cutting in the NFL works. Like, because, I mean, NHL, MLB, you always hear about them just basically, like, spreading it across, like, 40 years in some case. Like, I think it Yeah, it's not going to be D. like P. that. D. Pietro. I forgot how to say his name. I should remember how to say his name. Ah, uh, whatever. So let's... You know who I'm talking about. Let's get some... Yeah. Contract. Like, similar things to that level. Okay, so... This is what I'm getting from just looking up the cap numbers. Um, if they designate... So, yeah, okay. If they release him before March 17th, which they would... Um, he'd have a cap hit of 85 million and that could be spread out over two years 34 million in 2024 and almost 50 million in 2025 so that's obviously not great that's obviously i think that's it which so is not uh, it's not terrible in terms of in terms it's not terrible in terms of length but for those two seasons 50 million is not an insignificant number you're working with a lot less of your cap than other teams would be you'd basically be playing like whatever rookie qb you grab is making 50 million dollars if you want to look at it like that (laughs) like yeah i mean that's rough man like at least you it'd be gone before you'd have to pay them most likely right if you get a rookie, yeah, that's why I say it's like the only thing they can do. That's right? the only because you can't bring in you, you can't, can't bring in no, another good quarterback. Else. Like then, imagine they bring in Kirk. Like Kirk needs to be good. Yeah, they, I don't. They don't have. They don't have the money for that. Oh yeah, they don't have too. the money for that, that. too. Yeah. Because then they, you have to pay other players. Like I'm sure I don't remember how long ago Sir Tan was drafted, but I'm sure that's coming due in the next two seasons at least, right? I yeah. think he was 2020, 2021 four years are running up real fast right yeah it's 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 Jeez, a it's a terrible a... predicament god he's already he feels yeah like time time moves fast Ain't time moves true. fast yeah geez. but um i'll i'll end this with i'll end the segment with one uh one last thought so they, we've gone over kind of the future and potential landing spots i'll go to potential landing spots again this is a this is a long shot and this probably will not happen but what do you think about Russell Wilson potentially returning to Seattle? <laughs> I was laughing before you said it. <laughs> okay. So for this to happen, I think a lot of a lot of things need to happen. For one, 
I wouldn't like it. I would not be a fan. Neither, neither would I. I my, my nostalgia bone would uh, would get perked up, but uh, other like, than that, I wouldn't like you it. You can't sit here in front of me and tell me that he, at this point in their careers, is better than Gino. No. Yeah. No, he is not. And I think... Uh, at most, he's at the same level. At most, he's at, at the most, same level. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I... I feel like Gino honestly works better in our scheme than Russ would at this point. I feel like the type of offense we have is pretty different to what we had with him. And I think that's a good thing in a lot of ways. I think we rely a lot more on the players we have instead of just letting Russ cook. <laughs> Which I, I appreciate a lot more now. Yeah. I, I like the style we have a lot more. I truth, You know what? If he doesn't, nobody wants him as a starter, I wouldn't hate him as a backup. I, th I actually think that'd be rather cool. Seeing... Uh, Russ and Gino yep. in the same QB room again. I would not hate him as a backup, but I would hate him as a starter, at least at this point with the team we have. It just wouldn't make sense for me. Is there Seattle Seahawks fans who want that? There's rumblings. There's rumblings. I think it's because a lot of people, including me, are thinking this is Gino's last year in Seattle. Um, he has a two-year contract, but you can very easily get out of it this offseason. And I think I think they're going to. I don't think Gino is the Seahawk next year. I think they're gonna probably pick up a younger guy. Whoa. Um, or I... even if they keep, even if they, even if they keep him, I think they will draft a, a young quarterback anyways. If I'm Gino is a Seahawk next that. year, that will be his last year. Okay. That's I'm, yeah. I think the biggest thing is um, this offense is entirely underperformed, and I think a lot of that is scheme wise. Um, but I think people are very. Uh, just especially the last couple weeks, um, like this last game against the Titans, the offense was entirely dead till the end. Against the Eagles, entirely dead to the end. Other than like the Cowboys game, our offense has been basically on life support. People are looking for something. I think that's where the Russ talks have come about. Um, but I don't think it's gonna like you I said. Don't think it's that's not gonna the move the line. You want. That's kind of my perspective on it. Exactly. It's not gonna move the line. I'm curious. I but, now you've got me wondering where Gino would even go because I mean we were looking at it right there. The QB market is pretty dim. Like as for play, there's a lot of very good QBs right now, or if not very good, yeah, solid this, starters. This draft, the draft will change up a lot of things quarterbacks will come back from injuries and there's lots of very good free agent quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson alone will headline a great well, free agent class you want to look um, even and further if gets added that, to that probably like I think Josh Dobbs would have the opportunity to get quite a bit of money I think he's a free agent after this year you'd have and with his recent performances I probably wouldn't count on that too much but okay well then again I'm living in week 10 so the you uh... are. <laughs> he, he's the third he's the third Joe Flacco <laughs> <laughs> the next he's elite now pay him 40 million <laughs> he's been really good he has been good although 10 touchdowns 7 picks that's not good yeah that doesn't tell the full story but yeah. e either way either way that this next offseason I think it's going to be the most I think we're going to have a lot of content for trick play because yeah. I think, no, I think I this next you. off season <laughs> You think we talk enough about the, the NFL? Or you ain't seen yeah. nothing. <laughs> yeah. I think this this next offseason is going to be probably one of the most interesting in recent years. Because I'm thinking 
quarterback carousel, but also coaching carousel. Those two things, I think there's going to be more coaches fired than there have been in the last decade or so, and I think there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks changing spots I, or young guys. I hadn't out. thought of that. You keep on the, this segment's going on forever because we keep the nice thing is almost I almost feel like we could just loop this around into an NFL segment because we've talked a lot about a lot of different things actually, which which I like. I that's the, that's why I'm not rushing to end this. Normally I'd be like, but I think we've I think we've hit on a lot of things. I think we can name this a lot of different things, but. Uh, I, I think that coaching carousel comment is pretty accurate because I hadn't thought about that either. I think there's a lot of co- I agree with you. I think there's a lot of people who are on the hot seat right now, and a lot of people who will not be sticking around too long. I I'm curious what yep. that's gonna look like. Like I I'd love to see a list of that because off the top of my head I'm struggling a little bit to come off with a lot. So of examples, I mean but... I mean think of if we're if we're going to the co- coaching carousel. Um, already, so I'm thinking we've already had a couple firings. We've got True. Um, there's quite there's a have few coaches. Frank Frank Reich. We've got Josh Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas. We've got Brandon Staley in LA. We've already had three. That other than Antonio Pierce in LA, I don't think any of those guys are sticking around. In terms yeah. of guys on the hot seat. Um, let me just let me just list off some of them. So all these guys that have been hired in the last year are probably safe. Um, Dennis Allen, I could see him in New Orleans falling by the wayside. Um, Todd Bowles is a maybe. That's a that's a iffy one. Arthur Smith definitely. Um, I would have said Salah before the news this week. Um, Ron Rivera is probably gone. Um, you've got um, Bill Belichick. Bill, Bill Belichick is definitely gone. Well, he. I could, and then. Yeah, there's so that's that's a lot, and then there's other guys that are you know kind of on the on the edge, like Mike Frabel's probably not getting fired, but it could happen. Um, and then there's like there's a couple real wild cards in there that definitely. I I that feel probably what a real not wild fired, card being but, like I I feel even like weird saying it, but Pete Carroll. I imagine if yep, they decided Pete to go in a different Mike direction. Tomlin. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, so pretty dead on on that one. Because that would have been my other guess, actually, Tomlin. Yep. Like, uh... Yeah, which those those two are probably not going to happen. It's like a no. 95% chance that they stay. Well, but I still think that Tomlin's think a really they... good coach. I... I... I have such a hard time but saying that. But when you've been with a team that long, they, 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 they might have to say it's time for something new eventually. But who knows? Um, but there, that's a really solid list of guys that are, I, that are oh, probably I, definitely that's getting such a hard. Tomlin's so hard for me because I he has such good defenses. Like, do you really want to lose yeah. that? Like, that's the only reason Pittsburgh wins anything, right? And the offense has been stagnant for five years. At but this they've point. but they've been treading they've been treading water overall for the last few years. True. They've had a winning season every year. Yep, Tomlin can't but have I a think, losing but season. But the treading water part, I think, is more just because of the QB carousel. Carousel, a lot of offensive coordinators now coming in and out. Like, I think I think you just need to figure out that offense, and I don't think that's Tomlin's fault. I think you just need to. Do something. If you want to try something new, I feel like the offense is the thing you have to try new. You're losing out on a really, I think, too good of a defense if you get rid of Tomlin. 
That that'd be yeah. my logic. But I, I, okay. then again, I, don't I think can they see. will. And I, I think the same the same argument can be made for Pete too, right? Like I, I that's why I don't think Tomlin's getting fired to exactly to your point, and I don't think Pete will either. Not because of his defense, because Pete Carroll's defense has not been great the last few years, but just because of the culture he creates. People want to come to Seattle because Pete Carroll is such a fantastic coach and creates such a great locker room culture. Like there has been stories out there of how many players want to play for Pete Carroll. That's why a lot of pe people come back. Like, Bobby Wagner coming back is because of Pete Carroll. Um, so, that those two, like, there's a reason those two guys are Russell among the all-time great. Russell coming back is because of Pete Carroll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a chance we Us can say that. Us trading Geno Smith for a seventh-round pick and, bringing, and Russell Wilson and then going 0-16 is because of Pete Carroll. <laughs> Can't wait. But yeah, no, like the the those two guys probably aren't getting axed. But to to wrap up that kind of point, it'll be a lot of was there jobs, any other NFL a lot of we wanted to hit on? I can't remember. Did we have another NFL? Line? I mean, we had the the Hall of Fame stuff. I don't know if we want oh, to talk about if we want to like add, add in add in the Jets as just an addendum to this segment. You want to get get a couple minutes off on that? Sure. Just because yeah, it's kind of related to what we were talking so, about. So. Just for context, I, I actually I, every 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 podcast that I want to talk about or how we do this to explain why there's a lot of times that we talk about things in the intro and then never hit on it. It's because we record the intro first, and there has been a lot of times where we'll come up with this week or this list generally over the week where Caleb has his he'll grab stuff off the score. I'll put things in my noggin. Oh, this week it's all Caleb. I didn't have any time. I've been working uh anybody around alberta and for some and maybe you know a bit about junior hockey might know what the circle k classic or the mix max midget tournament is i've been working for them so i've been very busy this week so i haven't had time to do that this is all caleb um but yeah usually we just run out of time if we don't talk about something to explain that behind the scenes we don't know what we're doing yeah we, we should we should probably do the intro last I've had that thought so I'm, many times. I'm, I just, I'm just thinking that. We really? should do that now. <laughs> I, I've had... I we should. The only reason that I... I we're going to continue to go into the behind-the-scenes shit. The only reason I don't want it, I don't like the idea of it is the fact that I'm doing it, and I know that by the end I'm so low energy. <laughs> like, usually yeah. by the end of the podcast. Oh, wow. And, what do you say? Oh, wow. Oh, well. You can... You can, I can pull you can something take out of my shot ass of something. for... That's... You can take a shot of something caffeinated and muster up energy for 30 seconds at a time. That's true. I could do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not a bad idea. Whatever. Next week. Look at us go. Next behind week, this, behind this the scenes This week we also podcast. just... Uh, I won't even get into how scuffed of a setup we're working with this week for... Uh, <laughs> about... Because I left my computer charger at an arena. It's been a week. But that's okay. It's been lovely. I'll, I'll probably talk about it a bit during the outro because I have a pretty cool shout out at least for my standards. But the uh, we'll we'll get into that later. Anyway, Jets bringing back Sala and Douglas. Yeah, yeah. we'll 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 touch on that <laughs> real quick. So so I I'll I I can give the argument against keeping them. So I I because we kind of talked about this we a did. little bit That's before, right. and yeah. you said you weren't really surprised, and I'm I not. can see that. No. There's there's the argument to be made that it's it was a wasted year as soon four plays in, but you have to take into consideration how long 
Robert Sala and Joe Douglas have been doing this. And I think there's different arguments against each. I think Sala, I think, has been a decent to good coach this whole time. Yeah. But he has also not had he has not had a successful team. He's built a good defense, which you could argue. He's he not had a good do. offense, I think is um, the more thing yeah. that's been harder. He, is a, de- he like... is a defensive coach. Yeah. He is a defensive coach. But yeah, he has not had a successful team his entire tenure, and he's been there for a little while now. He's been there since uh, um, 2021, so he's he's three 2021. Years. So that's that's about three years, which yeah. about is is normally as long as a coach gets, um, which the I think is, is what people are talking usually about. Usually, when it. you hear a coach get fired after three years, it's usually for a lot of reasons, and I feel like the only one you really have on Sala is the lack of success, but I feel like the lack of success, especially this year, this year was going to be his successful year. Aaron Rodgers doesn't get hurt. He, we're not having this conversation. They would have been a lot better. I think. I don't think that's much of an argument because just solely with how good their defense was, A-Rod would have at the very least had a decent offense. Like, let's say A-Rod was worse, like significantly worse. He became an average QB. That's still a lot better than what they had this year. And I think they would have probably been a playoff team, if not close. And I think we would be having this conversation. I think that's true, but I also think um, you have to look at, and now this is up in the air as to whether you think this is important or not. But I think just the whole way that this situation has been handled, a lot of this is on Joe Douglas too, but the Jets just didn't have a backup plan after Rodgers went down. I think that the sign of good both coaching fair, and management is being able to bounce back from something like that. I, you have to have had a plan in place. I want to jump in there too, though, because I think I I don't think anybody could have predicted for one that A. Rod would go down the way he did. He is, does not have that yeah. crazy of an injury history. For one, going into yeah. this year, would you have said that Zach Wilson is a below-average skilled backup quarterback? Absolutely. Absolutely. Really? Okay. So that's not what I was expecting, because I, in my opinion, before this year, I think Zach Wilson, while he's still young, I think that most people would have said that he... The potential potential is that, yeah, potential, but potential isn't play. Yeah. Like, yeah, he has great potential and he flashes that. But do you really, do you blame Douglas and Sala for not having someone other than Zach Wilson on the roster? Absolutely. Okay, I'd I'd like to hear the logic about that. This is probably their biggest, yeah, this is, I mean, I, I, this is a point that's been made, again, my, the NFL podcast I listen to a lot is around the NFL, Dan Hans is, um, is on there, he's a Jets fan, he made this point a bunch, and it's something I really agree with. Um, you have to look at the greater NFL, because in the NFL, this has been the year of the starting quarterback getting injured, and the, the backup coming in and preserving a season. You had Josh Dobbs in Arizona who pl- yeah. and Minnesota and up until recently played great. <laughs> you had, and other quarterbacks in Minnesota have played relatively well. Nick Mullins, even though he's thrown lots of interceptions, has kept them in the games. Um, you look at places like Cincinnati, Jake Browning, who, um, other than this last game against the Steelers, has kept them afloat. You look at a team like, um, even the team that the Bengals just played, um, Pittsburgh, Mason Rudolph is looking fantastic. Um, uh, there was another example I had. You can go all over the league with this, right? Um, you've got, I'm thinking of other ones, like even <laughs> Baker Mayfield, people didn't expect him to be good. You've got, good um, even like, t- uh, this is kind of more of a fluke story, but Tommy DeVito, 
Um, but then the big one, especially when it comes to the Jets, is Joe Flacco. As of recently, yeah, that's a good you've point. You've got you've yeah. got Joe Flacco in the building. They yeah, had him in the building. That's a very good point. Um, he was their backup quarterback last I... year, and they decided they'd rather stick with with um, the bat the duo of Zach Wilson and Trevor Simeon and Tim Boyle. Um, this is where it comes down to. Sure, Zach Wilson, you keep him on there because he has potential. He was going to learn behind Rodgers. Okay, I don't think he should have been the backup. You should have had a better plan in place, especially when you have a guy like Joe Flacco. Okay. But look at what they got rid of Joe Flacco for. Tim Boyle, who was terrible even in college. He is not an NFL starting caliber quarterback you by know what? any stretch of the imagination. And First do off, you know why they brought Tim Boyle I'll, in? Which okay. is why I'll, I'll let you jump in after this. Okay. But they brought Tim Boyle in because he is Aaron Rodgers' friend. And that is a big reason why this Jets management team has been terrible is because like the Packers before them that ruined the Packers um, – they are letting Aaron Rodgers run their franchise because that's what he does. And that should have been the downfall. You can't pin it as much on Salah, but that should be the downfall of Joe Douglas, if nothing else. That whole backup quarterback situation, which links in very nicely to letting Aaron Rodgers run the franchise and bringing in a bunch of below-average guys like Lazard, Cobb, Tim Boyle, and the rest. That is my ultimate argument against Joe Douglas okay. and the whole management team. And so... I will say, I, 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 you kind of swayed me a little, but I want to explain exactly why. Because I think, uh, you can't necessarily, okay, it's the end that gets me, where the, the Tim Boyle stuff, because you're totally right on that. That, you hit, hit right on the nail, I think, where, like, yes, they should not have grabbed Tim Boyle. There's no defending that. They kept, should they could have kept Joe Flacco, they should have. In this case, they should have. You're absolutely right. I, before the year, I think that I would have thought of Zach Wilson as a decent backup, but not better than Joe Flacco, I guess. I guess you're right on that. Like, uh, I, they couldn't have expected all of these players, for one, they couldn't have expected all those quarterbacks to break up. No way. No one in a million years thought this could have happened. If you told me that you fully th thought the second that Kyler Murray went down, that Josh Dobbs, they'd be fine because they had Josh Dobbs. You are a fucking liar. <laughs> yes. However, however, to that point, I, I thought of another example. Gardner Minshew is another That's one who's a good been one playing too. great yeah. in Indianapolis. Although, um, but I think so, that so, he, he at least had a couple good starting years that were somewhat recent. Simon. Yes. Um. You you say this as if this is only a before-the-season issue. And you forget that Aaron Rodgers went down in week one, and they had all the way up into the trade deadline to fix their problem. <laughs> and they point. decided to not Fair do enough. anything about it. Do you know who got traded at the deadline after he had his breakout weeks? Josh Dobbs. <laughs> so it's not a question of whether we would have known this was coming or not. They, because they we've already seen it. Yeah, they didn't need to. That's a fair point. That's a really good point. Yeah. I, like I said, you did kind but, of sway me on that. I don't think you... I agree, though. You made a good point at the end, which you can't blame Sala for that, and I totally agree. I don't think... Uh, I, I think the Tim Boyle thing is what really put the nail in the coffin for me because of the fact you get rid of Joe Flacco, quarterback who has won a Super Bowl. Why wouldn't you just keep that locker room? Like, Joe Flacco, Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson. That sounds pretty damn good. Right? Like, even because before Aaron this Rogers year. Aaron Rodgers would rather be buddies with Tim Boyle. That's why. That's why. 
Aaron Rodgers doesn't like Joe Flacco? Ooh, drama. Throw I mean, we, we don't know that, but we, we know he likes Tim Boyle. We know we know that. Fair. Should have brought, like, it's the guy. He, I can't, I forget his name. Oh, Ben Kerr. It, like, the, he's, like, he went from being, like, a quarterback to, like, a Madden YouTuber. They should have brought him in. That would have been funnier. Have you ever seen that? Like, he went from, like, no. backing up the Packers and the Atlanta Falcons to now he, like, teaches nerds online oh, how oh. to play Madden. Oh, Kurt, Kurt Bankert? Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you ever yeah. seen that stuff? I think it's really funny. Yeah. Because yeah. he's, like, properly yeah. teaching people how to, like, read defenses in Madden. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen that. I've seen that. I think I, that's cool. It um, is cool. I, I will say probably, he, he, he keeps me occupied. I'll, like, when it, when it comes up on my feet on... Yeah, honestly, I don't know if I disagree with that based on the stuff I've seen on him prior. But, uh, like, uh, I just think it's funny because I think that's taking Madden a little too seriously. But, I mean, I'll, I will admit it has me watching because it's, like, it's an NFL player's oh, it's, experience. It, yeah, it's interesting. Like, it is interesting to see how they read it. But it is it is also funny to me. <laughs> and it would have been yeah. a lot funnier to me if they brought in Kurt Benkert. To replace Aaron and it, Get him off the couch. He would have been better. <laughs> he would have been better. Yeah. At I least mean, he's, at least he's played the, quarterback, biggest... whether it be online or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, to, to, to kind of wrap up the Jets stuff, like, it's the reason that I think you fire... I, I think Jets fans have to be disappointed that they're not firing Salah and or Douglas. It's just because... It's not because Aaron Rodgers went down. Obviously, they had no control in that. But it's because of how they handled. It's because I, of how they handled that situation. Can I add on one both thing that just the occurred to GM me side? Think, sure. Yeah. I just want to add this because I think I'm curious to get your opinion on this, which I think this could be. I mean, I. This is almost a non-issue because you could make the argument lesser so for Sala. More. This is more for Douglas. How Douglas is already kind of in Aaron Rodgers' pocket, but could you not see a world where like? They fire Douglas and they bring in somebody who is literally just another person who would be in Aaron Rodgers' pocket. Like, do you really think they'd bring? Yep. In, like, that's probably what would end up happening. So you, it's not like it would you matter. Could, yeah. Considering most of the issues you, you could, had de- you with could Douglas, definitely make that argument. You most of your issues with Douglas has been the fact that he's almost just been Aaron Rodgers' decoy oh, yeah. a little bit, right? I. Yeah, what's yeah. the chance and they I, bring I, in a guy who isn't? So that's up to ownership, right? Yeah. And that is a, that's a fair point. That's a fair point, is who are they going to bring in that's any better? And if you're on the optimistic side, you could say there's probably is a lot of people they could bring in that would be better. Um, but, yeah, that is a fair point to make. Um, but I do think, I, I do think um, just in terms of what you've seen, I think they can still make it work with Salah and Douglas. They've, they've, we've seen good things from them. It's not all bad. This isn't a Josh McDaniels situation where it's like it's very clear they need to go. Salah has, again, had a good defense. Um, I've actually liked Salah the team for the most part. He's, he's left it better than he's found it. Same That's with Douglas. True. I think before before this season, Joe Douglas has brought in good players and built a good team. Very good drafting. However, I think the yeah, Jets exactly. drafting, people don't talk about that enough. They've almost built solely through the draft, other than right here. Yep. Yeah, um, but I think this season has been enough of a bungling 
to where I can understand the frustrations to where you say it's time to go. Because on the GM side, you brought in a bunch of Aaron Rodgers friends that didn't work out and you did nothing to address the backup quarter si- quarterback situation. You you basically made it a sunk season when it didn't have to be. And then on the coaching side, you also completely bungled your quarterback situation by ruining... I think I think Salah ruined Josh... Uh, not Josh. Uh, Zach Wilson's development more than anything with yeah. how often he's going no, in the media and that. just basically trashing him and saying i don't know like i basically just inferring that he thinks he's terrible but they don't have anything else to do what does that do for a guy who's like whatever he is like 22 like that can't be great to hear Um, like zach wilson like zach wilson for as as bad of a quarterback as he's been like he he cares and he plays for his team i mean and just Uh, to like like, put a bit more perspective on it as well because this this thought kind of crossed my mind and i think it's kind of a funny funny way to look at it imagine like you're doing your job like that could be like working at mcdonald's you know what i mean like you could be working at mcdonald's right you're a cashier and you you mess up like a few things right you're pretty new to it you know and all of a sudden you're like leaving work turn on the radio right in your car and you just hear your like manager going you know he really sucks but we don't really have anything better so we're just gonna keep <laughs> how would you feel <laughs> yeah like uh like it's just that type of thing right yeah it is and it's when you when you look at it from that perspective there was also the whole story we talked about on the podcast where zach wilson like actively didn't there was rumors of him actively not wanting to play that is Salah's doing that is because I, of, and we talked um, about the fact that neither of us blame him like yeah because it's just for been a lot an of the reasons we just mentioned like it's it's yeah. it's a rough situation that thing it just across the board it's pretty bad currently over there so it yeah, is I don't and know. you have to i think that's that's kind of what the owner is realizing and they're just trying to take this year as a kind of you know it's a mulligan it's a whatever you try again and you do it you run it back with the same roster next year and the same coaches and the same everything. So you just try to. Uh, I think they have the chance the to be better this year, next year than they would have been this year. I think they have because we, they have a lot of young talent that I think will just get better. They have. They're gonna hopefully. I don't know what their cap situation is gonna look like going into this next season. But you also they you also have, have to remember to that Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is still coming back from an Achilles injury. Yeah. As much as he thinks he's God, he's not. Yeah, um, but this. In this world, we were talking about a situation where he'd be coming back, potentially still playing hurt at the end of the year. I think an extra summer makes me feel a bit better about that. I mean, you may, literally it made does. the comment it does. about, but there's, there's, on the other side, to, like, the comment on uh, you how you think Kirk Cousins, like, paycheck yeah, yeah. is not going to get affected. I, I think I think I, be, I kind of think he'll be I, I, Yeah, he'll yeah. be fine. I, I, think, I think he'll be back, and I think he'll be fine, but it's not a guarantee. Because he is older, and even if it's not an Achilles re-injury, it could be something else. And I don't have any faith in them to rebound after that, after what happened this season. Um, and yeah, just, no, if, Kurt, um, if he goes down and, and we again. All, we, also, we also don't know if he's still up to the kind of level of play that we want, because now we haven't seen Aaron Rodgers play in a long time. And his last year with the Packers wasn't even spectacular. We've seen Jordan Love outplay him in Green Bay. Jordan yeah. Love has had a better season this year than Aaron Rodgers did last year. So you put the Jets, the Jets, 
it sucks for Jets fans. They had so much hype coming into the season, and it seemed like the right move to get Aaron Rodgers. From not only um, for everybody involved, because I know that both me and you also had them pretty high in our rankings. Yeah. I, I, I As much as I can dunk on them, like it's not like I... And again, there was other stuff they should have done after this happened. You, and you, we but can it's both not like admit, we you, dun- you dunk on A-Rod for his personality and as a human being, not his football oh, ability. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do, yeah. He's a good quarterback, but he's a shitty person. Um, so, I'm... Yeah. It, it'll be interesting. As a Jets fan, you just have to hope that Aaron Rodgers is at least close to the prime A-Rod and that he stays healthy because that's what your season's going to depend on. And I think you see... I'll I'll end it on this because I think this is a good note. Um, When you look at well-run teams, like, I hate to say it, like the Niners, um, a thing like this doesn't sink their season because they have already built a foundation that can support the rest of their season. It didn't sink their season last year. Although it did. Exactly. Although to be fair, although to be fair... There's two arguments to this. It didn't happen at the beginning, which I feel like is both a positive and a negative. Because for one, their team was already working like a well-oiled machine, for one. And two, the fact that, and this is the negative, they're past the trade deadline. So they couldn't have picked anybody like the Jets could have. But they had already built such a good foundation that that even though it did happen later in the season, they were actually, I mean, the Brock Purdy is (sighs) maybe an enigma. But I, I'm going to make the argument, was, though, that I think better. the 49ers system works a lot better. Where, like, a lot of field generals are just, like, system well, where, where does the where does the Well, where does the system come from? The coaches, okay, right? That's enough. where the argument comes in. Fair enough. Yeah. It, it's that, That's the kind of thing, where you're looking at it and you say, like, you can, you can put your hands in the air and say there's nothing they could have done, or you can actively try to fix it. Yep. And I think, I think, I think it's, I think... Maybe I don't agree with it. I think it's fair to let it play. Yeah. But I think if this happens another year, then no, you have I don't to disagree look at the that. system and no. actively do something about it. No, and I agree with that. If it happens next year, he's done. This is. I want to say that while I think I, I agree with them keeping them, I do think he's on the hot seat. I think that you need success this oh, year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, like, I feel like that's what you were kind of saying there, like they, that he'd be on the hot seat. I don't think that's controversial at all. He's absolutely on the hot seat. I, oh, and yeah. I even he knows he is. He knew he was in the hot seat the second A Rod went down, right? Like that's not, that's not a hard. That's not controversial. Yeah, that's not controversial at all. I think that uh, I don't know. I think we can probably move on. We are ten seconds yeah. under an hour. <laughs> well, there we go. Well, we fit we fit two NFL segments in there, so it's it's two a it's three. a double pack. I mean, we talked about two or what, three, yeah. Russ talked about Seattle, talked about. Uh, talked about Denver, talked, although that all can be fit under one thing. Jets. Uh, Coaching carousel, drafts, all that QB God, situation. God, that's so many segments that I'm not going to make. Because <laughs> I don't have time. Oh, lovely. Okay. Next segment, probably hockey. It's hockey, right? It's probably hockey. It's probably yeah. hockey. It's probably hockey. Yep. Okay, so... This took about 20 minutes to prep for, so we took a bit of a break, but we're back. NHL, and we're talking about the 2025 International Tournament, which is going to only have, I think, four or five teams, if I remember correctly, but still, we're still talking about it because it's interesting. We are going to be projecting Team Canada's roster 
because why not? I think it's a I think it's an interesting thing to talk about. Best players in Canada. Usually Canada can come up with a pretty damn good team. This year, me and you, we were talking while we were both putting together our lineups, and we both had issues. I think in slightly different areas, but I think it's almost it. You'll see what we mean. Well, we can just say that. I don't know how we want to start this. I don't know if we want to start straight at the top. Well, we can go maybe don't go bury line the, by line. I was going to say, maybe don't bury the lead. We should start forwards, line one. Yeah. So okay, who do you have? You want me to just list them all off? Probably not player by player. For, yeah, for, I, for line one, yeah. Just say okay. who your line one is. So first I want to explain it a little bit. Whenever these tournaments happen, and whenever we've had the Olympics, generally you don't see all of the best players on one line, which makes sense. From a line-creating yeah. perspective, it makes sense. But then I started thinking, fuck it, we ball. So, with fuck it, with my hockey, uh, with that quote in mind, my top line at left wing, Nathan McKinnon. Okay. At center, we have Connor Zar, I mean Connor McDavid. Sorry. Slipped. I, I nearly named the better Connor. My bad. That's that's my accident. And then at right wing, Connor Bedard. Which okay. Right wing. I thought that'd be the one interesting one, but I think that's a really fun line for a lot of reasons. I originally the one thing I changed on this line. I originally had Hyman up there, which I know you were making fun of that. But that actually makes sense to me, because you're putting a sniper like Bedard. Bedard has a hell of a shot. You're putting a Sniper like Bedard, a puck carrier like McDavid, and somebody who's as good in front of the net as Hyman is, you're going to have a lot of success. I think that actually would be a really good line. But, as we said, fuck it, we ball, Nathan McKinnon. So, that's my top line. I don't think you can, talent-wise, necessarily beat that 2025. Maybe. Maybe you could... Bedard is the one kind of movable one, but you can't name two Canadian forwards probably better than Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon, right? Yeah. I mean, okay, my, my top line is pretty similar. I have McDavid at center and Bedard at left at right wing, the same as you do. Oh, wow, okay. Um, I'm going, with this angle, I'm going a little bit different with the left wing. I did not put McKinnon there. I didn't put Zach Hyman there. What I did instead is I gave... I gave McKinnon the opportunity to center his own line. So okay. he's going to be on the second line for me. That, that's what, that's, um, to be clear, I actually think that's what's going to end up happening. I, I don't, I don't think, yeah. especially because logically you don't, you wouldn't want to waste two McKinnon and, and I'm going to get hate for this, but McKinnon and Connor McDavid are stylistically two very similar players in what makes them really good, which yeah. is their speed and athleticism, yeah. which yeah. you wouldn't want to waste on one line. I think it would make for really fun hockey. Because imagine McDavid and McKinnon on a rush. Oh boy. But past that, past the highlights, it wouldn't make a lot of sense. I'm just having fun here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I do think that there's almost like a little bit of incentive for the NHL to kind of favor that. Like the little bit of, because this 2025 international tournament yeah. isn't like it's not the olympics they're not playing for gold they're kind That's... of just playing to showcase what international hockey looks like again so i almost well... think you're, you're right <laughs> you're, you're right you're right in saying that you're putting um, the three guys with the most highlights in hockey right now on one line 
Yeah, I'm not. Oh, I'm not saying it's not a good line. Yeah. But I'm saying like strategically, they they'll probably just do something like you said, where combine combination of Hyman in front of the net, McDavid, playmaker, Bedard, sniper, like. Oh yeah, exactly. But I think that's you know probably how, more likely. You know how Ted Lasso think... had the believe thing on top of the door? Mine would just say "fuck it, we ball," and it would be yeah. <laughs> it would be lovely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I do think they're probably like more incentivized than ever to go just like dream lineups over actual strategy, um, because of this is kind of a low stakes tournament. Um, which is why I haven't, I haven't said who my left wing is yet, okay. because I think I this think... line, this line works the best as a combination of Canada's past, Canada's present, and Canada's future. I was hoping with Sidney Crosby on the yeah. left wing. When you when yeah. you didn't choose because McKinnon, I, I, I was really hoping you were going to say that because I really like that line. I think that is a fantastic line, and I think that is, I think that I, I mean, Crosby isn't like prime Crosby, but he's still really, really, really good. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, think, I think that line will be fantastic, and I think it's just the best, like, story of a line. Oh, you know? God, so Like, good. that led line headlining if... um, the tournament, fantastic. And can I just quickly, can I just add on to that as well? That would totally be, that it, when in 2025, when they make this roster, that will be a photo that is taken. Yep. Like McDavid, yeah, you know, and that, if that you, will be an iconic photo. Oh yeah, it'll be like seeing Lemieux, Gretzky, and like I'm pretty sure Lemieux, Gretzky. There's a photo of Lemieux, Gretzky, and Gordie Howe. I think there is a photo yeah. of that out there. That that's like that, and you same can, kind of thing. It, it. I was about to say to a lesser degree, it's legitimately not. That is, these are three legend or Bedard's not a legend. You know what I mean? He's going to be, like. 20 years from now, that photo will be legendary. And I think to yeah. the same degree that we look at that Gretzky, Gordie Howe, Mario Lemieux, or at least a similar. I I keep wanting to say yeah. that, though, just because looking back on it, like looking back on the history that Gordie Howe, Gretzky, and Lemieux had, I want to say that. But it's like, you can make the argument that it's not that's not going to be the case. And we'll, we There will legitimately be an argument. Because, like... The reason I, I've always said that... I almost think that Lemieux's underrated now a little bit, with, like, all time, with how many score good scorers yep. have come around in the last couple of years. I fully think that Lemieux's one of the greatest scorers of all time, if not the best. I think that the only person Obi had to beat, truly... Like, sure, he has to beat that Gretzky record, but to be the best scorer, he, need, he would have needed to beat Lemieux. I think that's the more interesting thing to me. I think Lemieux's stylistically the best scorer of all time. I think Ovi's beat him now. Mm. I think Ovi's got him beat there. But I've th I thought that for a long time. And Gordie Howe's Gordie Howe. Mr. Hockey. You can't beat that. And Gretzky's Gretzky. Those are two, which in think in 30 years, we could be saying Bedard's Bedard. McDavid's McDavid, right? So, that line's fun. I like that line a lot. Yep. Yep. Uh, what do you what do you have for your second line? This one I don't think you're gonna like, because I have a lot of. Okay. I have, is there Oilers on there? There is one singular Oiler, and you can probably guess who. Um, okay. If I was talking lines that would work the best, I want to make it clear I would be swapping Hyman and McKinnon. I already said that. I already said Hyman would be on my yeah. top line, but I'd have McKinnon centering this, or maybe I'd have McKinnon on the left wing. Mm, no, I'd have him center. Uh, so what I have is Hyman on the left wing. 
for the sake of okay. that I already started what I was going with. Crosby at yeah. center. So I still have Crosby playing on a top okay. line. And then Mitch Marner the, as my right second, wing. yeah. Okay. Or one of my top lines, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's not too bad. Again, I can. I don't think Hyman is a good enough player to make it there. Um, I don't I think you're... either, but he's... Like, skill for... He has a skill a that skill nobody set, else on I, this team has. Which puts him a lot I guess. Harder. I guess. I, I don't know. I, like, I don't you, think that... Who on this time. team is better in front of the net? Like, I, I get your point. I just don't think... I think there are more all-around... He is all the Joe Pavelski of this think, team, Caleb. Every team needs I a guess. Joe Pavelski. <laughs> Jamie Ben, Jamie Ben, like, that kind of player. And he's that. So. I guess. I don't think it's worth leaving. There's so many talented players. I don't think it's worth leaving out one of them to put Zach Hyman on this team. Um, he's He didn't make my lineup. Anyways, I, all again, my... I, I feel like I feel like I'm putting him there, again, to highlight exactly what you just said. Taking away from maybe a more talented to bring in somebody who... I think... I actually like Hyman. This is, I feel like we're dissing his skill. He's a skilled player. But there are a lot more is, skills. but... He is, but it's he is, but it's it, this, he's this skilled is at different best, things, and he's on the Oilers. <laughs> we're talking about the best twelve forwards that have come out of Canada in the last fifteen years. Saying he doesn't make that list is not an insult to how talented he is. Like you have, like all of these guys that I put on here are like franchise guys. Um, that's what I'm looking for when I'm making this roster. So my, my roster that I've made my second line is pretty similar. So like I said, I had McKinnon centering this line, just like you, I also had Marner on the right wing. But on the left wing, I had someone who I think, um, I haven't heard a lot about in the last couple of years maybe, but he is still a very good player and I think is another one of those kind of like franchise cornerstone guys, um, is Matthew Barzell. Um, yeah, I, I think actually he don't, I like would that be pick. fantastic. I think I, he'd be fantastic on that line, he, um, and I think I that would match really well. If I could have picked a 13th forward, I would have said Barzell. And okay. I, the reason I didn't include him is kind of the same reason why I don't like the idea of putting McKinnon and McDavid on the same line, which is the fact that he is a... Okay, that's... He's another one of those centers who's very athletic, and he's a good playmaker, but I feel like we have enough of that, if that makes sense. Like, there's players who, in my opinion, I prefer at that position. Okay. And I... Did you have him at winger? Yeah. I don't necessarily I know if I like him at winger. That's another reason that I didn't include him. Because as a... I, there's other players I have. You know what? There He could have bumped out one. You know what? I'm not mad at it, though. I wouldn't have put him on the second line, but I'm not mad at it. There okay. is one guy okay. even in my lineup where I'm looking at it now. I don't really want to spoil it, but there's maybe I'll make a note to well, do, say that. Do you, do you want to get into your get, get into your third line then? Well, it's not my third; it's my fourth. Line. It'd be my fourth. Okay. But I'll okay. talk about I'll talk about what I'd change now on my fourth with thinking a bit more about Barzell. Um, but yeah, we can get into third. I I think I like my third line more than I like my second, truthfully. I think that uh, right. my third line works really well. I think it's a good. I think it's a good checking line. I guess it's fun. It's another fun one. Brad Marchand at left wing. Ooh, bold. Bold? I don't think that's bold. 
He's older. Old. Old. Oh, I thought old you said is old. what I said. Old, old, but he only has to make another year. You can. I. I still think he's good. And his style. I, I think his style. I think will stick around for another year. He's still a good hockey player. All right. All right. Uh, and then I have point in at center. Okay. Mark Stone, right wing. Oh, our lines are more similar than I thought. Okay. So mine is mine is also Mark Stone right wing. I have point at not at center but at left wing because I have Steven Stamkos up the middle. Okay. Well, I guess yeah. you could make the same same argument that he's old, but I put him on on that line. I mean, I feel like Stamkos so, is a little bit more of a of a star. And it, it's the chemistry with point that really Yeah. Um, I was actually going to say that. them being teammates. Yeah, that, that's the big reason I put them. Together. And that, I feel like and that goes in. Kind of if we want to talk about well. fourth lines right off the bat, that helps me out because I think I can talk a little bit now. I'll I'll tell you what I had before and what I would have now if you want to do that. Okay, sure. Like so, I have Nick Suzuki at left wing. Ooh, okay. Steven Stamkos center. William William okay. Nylander right wing. So Nylander is not Nylander is isn't he? He's Canadian. Swedish, or does he does he technically count as Canadian? I feel like he's Swedish. I'm ninety percent. I looked him up. I'm gonna. He be... might be one of those guys that's uh, that's dual nationality, um, because I think he was born in Canada, but I think he'd probably play for the Swedes. Is that right? He was born in Calgary, but. I... But I think he probably would play for the Swedes. Oh, okay. Well, that actually might help me out even more because my replacement for him was Marzell <laughs> in this yes, situation. He, he so, would be, so just walk with me he here. He would be walk he's with a me Swede. Here. He's a Swede. He'd play for the Swedes. Okay. Yeah. Walk with me here. So right off the bat, looking at it right now, Stephen Stamkos has not played a lot of center lately. He has been playing left wing for point. So right away... I think to move Steven Stamkos out to the winger, looking at my lineup right now. So what I'd do is I would, and I'd also move point down, because I think you made a really good point on the chemistry there. I wasn't thinking about that for some reason. So I'd move point down to fourth line, I think. Move Steven Stamkos out to left. Or, yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's three centers on the line. They can do whatever. But uh, I guess put Steven Stamkos on the right and then have... Barzell centering Brad Marchand and Mark Stone is what would end up. Oh, okay. With. Okay. And I think that's a little better than what I have right now, but I don't hate what I have. Like okay. even a, so, taking so Suzuki Nylander point out. Stamkos and then Marshall. Uh, Stamkos Suzuki points Stamkos. Yeah. And then you've got Stone, um, Marchand, and who was your other one? Barzell. Bar- Barzell. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. uh, who do you have for your fourth? So my fourth is completely different than yours yeah. for the first time. Well, the thing is, like, um, I have, there's a lot of players who could be there. Yeah. I have Mark Shifley at center. Yeah, Who I feel I like, like experienced, kind of yeah. veteran guy. He um, is another guy who I would get some shine on the national team. team. Yeah. In fact, um, I, have, I almost think that he makes the team for a similar reason as Hyman, where he's another guy who's very different to a lot of the other centers in the league. He's a very... He's very balanced, so I feel like he makes it... He beats out a lot of the other centers that I, I even have on yeah. my team for that reason. So I actually like that pick a lot. And that feels like a good kind of fourth-line skill to have. Like, yeah. it's it's more of a... 
it's more of that kind of style of play versus the wealth of playmakers you have otherwhere. Um, I also have um, I have Bo Horvat on the left wing, um, like who would be who would be Defensive. kind of like I think he's kind of my last guy, but I think. Um, I like I like the addition of a defensive forward in there. Yeah, exactly. I can appreciate that. Um, he is the Patrice Bergeron of your your team. Yeah, um, and then on the right wing, I have a bit of a younger guy, and this is counting. I mean, it's kind of a similar thing for Bedard, except Bedard, you kind of have more confidence that he is going to be this, but okay. this is a little bit more counting on development. Um, he's been great this year. This has kind of been his breakout year, leading a great Kings team, and that's Quinn Byfield. Um, oh, who I, I think, I think this, I think this could be a, yeah. a very interesting introduction to international hockey for him because with how he's been progressing um, yeah. and kind of coming into his own, um, you could see him even higher up in the rankings for 2027, 2028. Like you could see him yeah. on maybe the top nine, top six. You know, um, but getting a getting a start out like this, I think, would be great for him, and it could know, be a way to see like development on the national side. I completely agree with you. I don't think he'd make it into the lineup. I think I could see him making the team as like a scratch. I think that'd be a okay. lot more realistic, but I don't hate it either. I think that's I think he's a really good player for that fourth line. He's big, which is something that you don't necessarily yep. have a lot of on this team. I mean, just like go through it. Like a lot of the players sit around like that nice 6-1 that you see a lot of the stars in the league sitting at 6-1, 6-2. You'll see a couple 6-3s, Marshan small. Stone, I think, is 6'3", 6'4". He's probably the only other guy out there that I can think of that's even close. Like, you have a pretty small... Both of us have a pretty small lineup. So I, I actually like that pick a lot. You're adding a power forward to a team that has a lot of finesse to it, and there's no issue with that for me. Uh, the only other guy out there is Hyman, who you don't even have. So he's almost like your Hyman replacement. In a weird Yeah, way. pretty much. Yeah, like... Uh, pretty much. But I, I, I go the younger guy with more potential over, over Hyman. And I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Like, I think yep. that's a good pick as well. I, I'm not mad yep. at it at all. There are people out there that would be, but I don't hate it. I agree with you on the potential thing. Um, we can move on to defense. Yep. Defense, there's a lot of options is the main thing I noticed. There's a lot of really good Canadian defensemen right now. And uh, yep. there's our, the top The top one <laughs> isn't. It's obvious. It's yeah. obvious. Yeah. I think we'll have similar top lines, though. Because I, I think would not that, be shocked. Yeah. My I go Kale McCarr, Devin Tays, right off the bat. Bingo. I don't. Yeah. Yep. Same. Yeah, like that one. I mean, Kale McCarr is obvious chemistry with Devin Tays, who's already in the mix. So yeah. why not put them together, right? Yep. And then after that, I think honestly, I the other four I have mix and match however you like. I think that they are pretty much same. at the exact yeah. same level. I threw in one younger guy, but I still think that younger guy is good enough to be here. I would. I would not be shocked if we have the same pairings. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, uh, do you want to just list off the four then? Because <laughs> I can. Okay. So okay. You, you list off your four. So the order that I have them in, which again, mix and match however you please. Uh, left wing Morrissey, right, or not, left D Morrissey, right D Hamilton, left D okay. Riley, right D Owen Power. Never mind. Never mind. Completely different. Okay. Really? Okay. Um, well, that's what I mean. There's so many yeah. good ones that honestly you can. Owen Power's the young guy that I threw in there. I th I I liked him that's when he fair. came into the league. I still like him a lot. 
I think he adds a lot of size, which is something needs, this team needs. I think he needs a couple extra years to make it. I could. I think I could make the same argument you made for Byfield yeah, about power. But and that's fair. Yeah, I, I, I just like it because it adds a bit more size, which I guess Dougie Hamilton does too. But eh. yeah, Dougie Hamilton was an interesting one that I like. He would be my seventh guy. Yeah. Um, that I almost put on there, and I almost put him on a line with Uyghur, who is in Ooh. one of my... Oh, I like I thought that, that would be actually. interesting in yeah. terms of... I, I didn't like end up doing that. I yeah. didn't end up that putting Hamilton and Uyghur. I, 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 was, just thought, I didn't want to be, I I didn't want to be biased. Whenever we do these kind of things, I never try... I want to try my best to not be biased, and also I don't even think Flames, really. Yeah. So, like, it, that didn't even cross my mind, but that is a really good one. I, I think... Uyghur, like... I'd be completely hard. like non-biased. I think Uyghur is a is a great pick for. Yeah, I agree with putting you. Putting him. In I the... I could see Uyghur. I could place Uyghur where power is without much issue. Yeah. Okay. Mind. I have Uyghur on the third pair. In yeah. Mind. So, so it'd I, be the same. I also I also have Morrissey, um, but I have Morrissey instead paired with Evan Bouchard from the Oilers. And I like He's that one kind too. of the younger guy in my lineup, I, um, and he's been playing great recently. I was gonna um, say, kind of I've more been, of an offensive defense. I was gonna say I've been a big fan of Bouchard for a while now. I think he's really, really good. I I think the Oilers yeah. absolutely lucked out with him. I think he's like he he complements their style really well as well. I think he'll work really well in a fast paced offense that Canada would be running. So I I like that pick a lot. I. I would have no... Again, I think that there are, like, eight players that you can fit in these four slots and have not a lot yeah. of issues for me. He's one of them. I, sure. Yeah. And the, the last... To just finish that up, the last guy I have who I actually paired with Uyghur instead of Hamilton, um, honestly, just because, like, it would feel weird to exclude him just based on the lengthy, storied career that he's had, um, is Alex Petrangelo. And I'm, I'm looking at a guy like That's that, and I'm idea. thinking, like, he may be... I mean, he's not the—he's not exactly the same guy he was. Like, he's a little bit on the older side, but I'm not leaving a guy like Alex Petrangelo off the list. Like, he's yep. been a star defenseman for so long that I. And he's a more defensive guy as well, like, which there's less yep. of now, and I feel like that's yep. always needed. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think it, it kind of balances out the, the. I think we've got a pretty my team has got a pretty decent balance of kind of offensive guys with some more defensive guys. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, with defense, it's a total toss up. I think that top line's pretty damn obvious to me, at least for defense. Yeah. For the bottom four, you could I seriously think that you could throw a thousand, like probably 10 people in that spots in those spots. And it wouldn't matter. At it's gonna be to it's gonna be tough to see who they choose. It's gonna be yeah. a, a strict competition. If and they're carrying any extra guys, it's gonna be on defense. I, I almost feel like, like the hardest choice here is the choice that has the least amount of talent to work with here, which is goalie. And I did yeah. see some articles online about it, about who people would pick, and I was reading through a couple of them to try and get a little bit of wisdom, try and inspire some thought in my brain, and. I mean, I ended up going with what a lot of people, what a lot of them had, but it was interesting to really think that we are, I'd almost describe it as we are like in the middle of an era. We are in the middle of two eras, it feels like, in goaltending, at least in North American goaltending, where we have so many incredible goalie prospects. Like, I think, again, bias, but Dustin Wolf, Devin Levi, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so you're going to have to f forgive me 
two, the two wild fans watching. But um, uh, I think it's Gustafson, Jesper uh, Wallstrid, I think his name is. Oh, oh, Wallstrid, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the other guy I was thinking of. There's a lot though. I mean, Gustafson, another great example. Like, there's so much yeah, young goalie Canadian talent. Or American, but yeah. Yeah, 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 but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of really, really young talent right now, and I think we're just waiting for them all to just pop up. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I fully feel and, I mean, like we're, we're, we're seeing the great goalies of this era are not Canadian, is the Yeah, thing. that too. Because um, you yeah. have, like, Vasilevsky, Saros, um, I believe ha- is Hall- Hallibuck's American, right? Like, um, all of the great goalies of this era are. Is he? Um, he Hellbuck. must be. I'm pretty sure he's American. American. You're right on that. I don't know how I didn't know that. Huh? For some reason, I, mean, I don't easy, know what easy I thought to... he was, but I didn't think American for some reason. Easy to think he's Canadian because he plays for a Canadian team, but not the case. I guess. Like that's kind of would be my. But, I don't know what I yeah, thought like, he was. Not but a... He's a weird player where I just didn't think about it. I guess. Yeah. There's a bunch of so for goalies. If we want to get into who we actually picked, it is yep. slim pickings, and I'm thinking like these are like. I think if I'm being honest for, with you, these I, are either. I think we're gonna have the same. I'm not confident in this. I think we're gonna have the same I, starter. I, I think the backup. I tried to be different. You tried, tried to, be, to different? be different. Okay, I can respect yeah. that. I went with the pretty obvious one for my starter. Okay. Backup, I tried. I backup, I went with a younger guy with a lot of potential that I think. If things go yeah, right, I picked, I picked. I got three. I got three guys in there. Okay, so I got I, a and, th- and I could probably give you a third. Like, <laughs> yeah. But uh, my starter is Aiden Hill. Who Who do you have as? Okay, Shocker. so I that is kind of the consensus. Okay. Yeah, like um, it's the most I obvious. Respect that, and I think I think it's good. I get a little bit scared because he's only had one season really. He's yeah. been playing great this season, but I, still, I get scared by that. He's fairly young, though, and he's been pretty good this year. He had the playoffs last year. I this He has such a good defense in front of him in Vegas that I have a hard time imagining he's going to fall off. I I don't know. I yeah, like I, I, I do too, but it just feels like, I don't know, I'm like Team Canada national goalie. There has to be someone better. And I went with someone who has had a bit of a roller coaster of a career. He's been fantastic at points and been terrible at others um but has been playing pretty well this season um and was kind of pegged as canada's goalie of the future um and that is carter hart and i'm i like that pick actually i yeah. i can i can see how you can be like aiden hill is probably a better goalie right now yeah but i'm thinking like consistency wise i'm i i went with him i tried to be different um if you, I think I think your starting tandem is probably some duo duo of those two. Um, yeah, um, I I think Carter Hart for me would probably be number three. I, I number three or four. Okay. I it just it, and it totally depends where my number two ends up in this entire thing by twenty twenty five, because he could be anywhere on this spectrum. But I like I said. Okay, I'm I'm interested to hear who that is. I think it's not that hard <laughs> because some people actually have him as their I, starter. But uh, I have a I, I have I'll, somebody in mind. But Devin, Devin Levi. is it Connor? Is it Connor Ingram? Oh, Connor Ingram's a good okay. one too. Well, Devin Levi That's has been so good at times, and he's still very very young. That Buffalo defense this season has not been. been great. This defense has not been great, or this season hasn't been great. Sorry, but yeah. 
If he turns it around and has a pretty good next Devin, year... Devin Levi... I Devin Levi is a guy I could be starting for the team, and he's like, I could like too. you know how I said that yeah. Quinn Byfield's going to be yeah, 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 yeah. coming into his own? I can see it in like 2027, 2028. Next year feels like a stretch. Yeah, and it is a stretch. Connor, I Connor Ingram is a guy because... who, is, who is younger and is having success but now. But the, like the difference team. between a Quinton Byfield and an Owen Power to this pick to me is the... There's so much more talent at both the forward and defensive pool than there is at goalie that I think that if he has one really, really, really good year, it needs to be an excellent year. If he has an elite season, he's in. Okay, yeah, I I can see that. I but that's what that. I that's what I meant that, by. I mean, I, that is that is kind of where we're at with Aiden Hill, right? He's had one, not even a full exactly. elite season. Well, there you go. You had, like exactly, right? That, that kind of proves your point, hey. Um, yeah, I, I, if I'm projecting it now, and I'm saying, like, I, I need to see a lot more, so I don't have him in there right away, but I can absolutely see your point as to where, uh... I really like the Carter Hart pick for similar reasons, where, like, I could see, I could see him bouncing back. I have always liked him. Like, I remember yeah. watching him back when he was the Team Canada goalie for the IAHF, and I thought he was really good. I still think he has a lot of potential. He has shown that potential at times. He just needs to get back there. And uh, he totally can too. I, uh, I, and I hope he does. Yeah, I think he's an excellent goalie. So. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree on all fronts. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's. Did you give your backup? Yeah, uh, my backup would be Hill, Aiden Hill, and then oh, I have Connor, okay, there Connor Ingram as my third. Yeah. Yeah, Connor Ingram's good too. Yeah, that's another good one. I didn't necessarily. I didn't think of him right off the top of my head, but that is a good example of another one. I think either of these teams would be pretty good, but I think 2027-2028 uh, is going to be a really, really good Olympics. Or, uh, what is it, World Cup or Olympics that 2028? year? 2028? Yeah. Yeah, whatever it ends up being. Whatever they end up doing, I think is going to be really entertaining hockey for the first time in a while. I, just because of the Russia... The Russia stuff sucks because... Not having some K, some of those KHL players is going to be really unfortunate. I'm gonna, I, I'm interested to see how all that ends up clearing up in the next yeah. couple of years. 2025, I don't, I don't even think that Russia was one of the teams listed, was it? Probably not. No, I think it was Sweden and Finland and the U.S. were the other three. Yeah, I hope that by 2027, 2028, we're at a point where we can start bringing Russia back. But I mean. With how Just things for the are going now, out of it, yeah. Like with how things are going now, who knows, right? So we'll we'll see what happens yeah, there. A... Just for the sake of I I am I've always been more of the I'm a I'm big on just sports as a whole expanding, especially hockey because I I love this sport. It's so great, and I think it's so unfortunate that it's so North American centric that when I see teams like a. This is a good segue, actually, because this is a story I kind of wanted to tell. Um, I did... So I've been working... I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but I've been working the Circle K Classic, or you might have known it as the Max Midget Tournament. It was known a lot more as that for a long time before the rebrand from Max to Circle K. And uh, this year, and I think they were in it last year, but I didn't call last year, there's a Team Hungary. And they have been so fun to watch. And I, I had to spend quite a 
bit of time learning how to pronounce their names. But I think the best part about them is the crowd they brought with them. Everywhere. At each and every arena. Like, I I called one of their games. There are two arenas we're playing in. They're called Seven Chiefs and Jim Starlight, which is the where I did PA for them. And then Max Bell, which is a more famous one. But... The I recognized a lot of the same fans at Jim Starlight and Seven Chiefs that I did at Max Bell, and they had their own chance. You didn't hear any chance for the rest of the tournament. They had their own chance in like Hungarian, I think. They were like requesting like Hungarian music to be played on the PA. The PA guy actually did it, which I thought was awesome, and uh, like they had their whole thing going. Their their home team like or their team were like playing into it as well like they wave to the fans after every game it was awesome i think it's one of the cooler things i've gone to see and seeing that especially really like got me thinking about this a lot more i i love the fact that hockey's becoming that kind of thing like how we see soccer a lot of the time in certain places hockey's becoming like that and it's really cool to see yeah yeah and it's it's the kind of thing like even expanding that out further to like the world juniors going on right now which yeah and um, we're not going to do a full segment on, but it's it's cool to see. As much as I'd love to see Canada win as a Canadian, like it's almost cool. Like, this feels like heresy. It, it's almost it's cooler not. to see a team so. like a team like Sweden beat Canada today. Like it's um, to have Canada not be at the top of the I, hockey world. It, I can it, say it, this it year it was a little bit more parody. This year, I'm a closet uh, Slovakia fan. They almost. I think it was them. Was it them or the Czechs who just almost beat the U.S.? I'm truthfully not um, very sure. But I, I it's partially because the Flames have a prospect there. Uh, Honzek, I think is how you pronounce his name. Honzek, he's our yeah. first-round pick. He He's playing really well right now. So uh, I they're, they're my closet tough. pick. Yeah, they're my closet pick. Yeah, okay. for who I, I want them to do well. But, like, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think it's always awesome whenever you see – because it's, when you see Canada win these tournaments, sure, there's a celebration. Sure, they're happy. But when you see, like, Finland or, like, like again, Slovakia, Czech Republic, uh, you see one of those teams do it, oh, it's a whole other show, right? Like, because it's such a big deal. Like, and I, it's awesome. Slovakia is currently undefeated. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, they're, they're my closet pick. I hope they win. That'd be such a good story. I'm tired of Canada, oh, yeah. American, and... Or America and what? What was the other team that kind of jumped in there occasionally? Like Sweden, I guess. Sweden. Like Finland won one yeah. back in like 2014, I think, in Calgary. Oh yeah. Yeah. It is. It's definitely cool to see, and it's 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 um. And there's a lot of it's sports really where it's sport. more obvious, like baseball and soccer, especially. That's always been a thing, or at least more. More recent than the last 20 years-ish. and But with hockey, it really started with when uh, the Russian players started, uh, what's the word, uh, defecting over to yeah. North America and started playing in... Past the Iron Curtain. Yeah. Past the Iron Curtain, that's the other way to put it. Like, uh, when that all started happening, then we started to see a lot more international players. And I think I still stand by what I said. I think the entire thing is awesome. So, a little bit of a lighter news week in the NBA. The big thing is the Pistons, but who just last night, in kind of a rough loss to the Celtics, um, tied the all-time losing streak. But we already talked about them last week, so we don't want to beat a dead horse. 
um, especially when they're already very much dead. Um, so it's kind of a little bit lesser talked about, but I think it brings up some interesting um, points. Is this quote by Shaq that I think just came up today? Um, in terms of him being upset that the Miami Heat have retired the numbers of both Bill Russell, whose number I believe was retired league-wide after he passed away. Um, I believe it was a couple years ago when he passed away and they retired his number league-wide. Doesn't feel like um, it's been too yeah. long. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's been too long, no. Um, but the other one is, which I thought, the other one which I thought was more interesting is Michael Jordan, who never played a game for the Heat. I did not know his number was retired by the Heat until this quote. Um, they retired it, I believe, right after he retired um, for the final time. And yeah. it was kind of intended to usher in... Um, a movement similar to how Gretzky has his number retired league-wide, um, to have 23 retired league-wide, um, but... And this nope, was also it was only up. the Heat. That conversation was picked up around in 2010s again, which is why uh, LeBron actually switched to six with the Miami Heat. Again, bringing the Heat back into right. it. But uh, he switched to six saying that they should do it. And then obviously later on in his career, he did switch back to 23. But yeah, um, and it's it's the kind of thing I, I, I'll, I'll leave I'll leave this. I'll start the conversation off with a couple of questions. I mean, one, I think this conversation is just funny anyways, because of the fact that the Heat have Jordan's number retire. They're the only one other than the Bulls yeah. to have done this. And he's never played a game for their franchise like the Wizards didn't do it. And he actually played for them. Um, <laughs> I think that's I think I think that's funny. Um, I think. Then I'll leave. I'll start the conversation with two separate questions, and you can choose where to take it. I think one is just like the Shaq quote. Um, do you think he has a right to be like upset about this? His point being, um, the Heat have built a culture, and like obviously him being a part of some of those Heat teams, they built a culture and built great teams and built championship teams. And to retire players like Jordan and Russell, who never played games for them, um, that disrespects the work that those players have done. Like. One question being, do you agree with that point? And then just on the topic of retired numbers in general, like, what do you think of it as a concept? Um, do you think we're doing it too much, too little? I'll leave that up to you. Um, I think it is really good in certain cases and really not in others. I think, uh, I do kind of agree with you. I think it has done a little bit too much. I think that the Gretzky one in particular, I can explain why it was explained retired league-wide very, very easily. I think anybody who is around hockey, anything related to hockey culture, can explain it to you very easily. You do not disrespect 99. That has been a thing since long before Gretzky's number, or not long before, but, like, everybody knew. The second it was retired, it was, you do not touch 99. If you see somebody wearing 99 in any league, you knock their head off. <laughs> Because it is disrespecting the great one, and you do not disrespect the great one, right? It's like saying yeah. Jesus' name in vain, right? Like, it's it's that type of thing in hockey. And uh, I think, I don't think that was ever the case. with If anybody deserved to get their number retired the same way Gretzky did in the NBA, it would be Michael Jordan. But does 23 yeah. have the same, like, aura to it that 99 has? I don't think so. I don't think it had... I don't think it will. You could make the argument, like, right now, when LeBron retires, do you think they should retire 23 across the league because it was only LeBron's number? Or because 
when you see that? No, you probably shouldn't. Like, I'm at, they can't now, for obvious reasons. People no. would be so angry. But uh, I think you just... There's so many people who have worn 23 that it feels like it's not as big. Like, it fe like yeah. when, you, when I think of 23, when I think of players who have worn 23, I can think of a number of names, including Michael Jordan. Yeah. Prior to Michael Jordan, after Michael Jordan, tons of players have worn it. It's just not as special. Like, when Gretzky came into the league wearing 99, only player wearing 99, there was one player before him, I believe. I don't remember his name. Yeah. It's, like, literally just a trivia fact, right? That's what made 99 so incredible. He took a number that nobody had worn and made it legendary. That's why it made sense yeah. to, Gretzky, to retire Gretzky's number worldwide. And it was also, to just kind of add on to that point, which I think you were alluding to, um, part of the reason, I think you make that that whole argument, like, is kind of exactly my thoughts. Like, I think that's really well put. Um, I think 99 is distinct and more kind of more distinct than than 23 um exactly for what you said and because it was distinctive before gretzky um i read i've read well, lots of hockey books i'm sure it was just gretzky's autobiography or something um where he had a story in there about why, how he got 99 and he got 99 oh, because no, he wanted to wear nine i do have that one on my shelf um yeah yeah that I think I I can't see you right now, but I'm sure you're pointing to the the right. Oh. I think it's like the 99 stories of the game or whatever. But uh, um, he then he did it in two books. Cause yeah, I did read that okay. one too. But the one he okay. wrote one in the 90s actually that I've read. That okay, only I read the more recent one. Well, I, yeah, I've read I've read both of them in the. He talks about it in the nineties as well. I, I'm I'll let you explain it, but like it is yeah, like so... it is really interesting though. I think it's I think it's funny. Yeah. So from. From what I remember, um, the story is basically he wanted to wear Gordie Howe's number, which was nine, obviously. Um, but I believe he couldn't wear it because there was somebody already on the team. This is in his junior um, year in, in Sault Ste. Marie. Um, I believe somebody on the team already had nine, or for some reason he couldn't wear nine. And somebody so the suggestion was, yeah, the suggestion was put to him to just, why not double it up? Two nines. But that number was already so flashy and so, like, because you know it's it's there's something about 99 right you can't go any further than that um that coaches even told him even before it had the reputation for being associated with gretzky like hey like wayne don't wear that number you're gonna get your head knocked off people are yeah. gonna be gunning for you um because you're wearing that number it's such a distinctive thing and like you said nobody wore it in the nhl before he did basically One and guy. he made it his own thing that's why it was an easy decision to retire at league wide exactly like you said and it's not the same for 23 because it's just not the same as a, a distinctive number which is why i think it's so silly that the heat haven't retired right like um i do think in terms of the the wider argument as to whether you have retired numbers i think it does kind of go onto a wider case but i do think we're we're doing it too much i actually times like Gretzky, you when you said that i thought about it a bit more and i actually do kind of agree with you but i also think there's teams who do it almost too little to the point where the Flames have corrected this one, but this is a really good example, so I'm going to use it. Um, yeah. The Flames is a good example. Unofficial retirements happen all of the time, where there are players like who honoring, play, honoring where like it won't be in the rafters, but players know you're not allowed to wear it. And an example with the Flames yeah. for literally ten years, exactly on the dot, I think, is Mika Kiprasov, where yeah. it was a common known thing: you don't wear 34. 
and nobody did. Nobody has worn Kip, Kippersoft's 34, and finally, in, I think they announced it this year, it's actually happening next year in February, I think. But they're retiring Kippersoft's number, mm. finally, after like 10 years. Yeah. And fans have asked for it forever. I, I actually kind of thought it would never happen. But um, finally they did. they fixed it. But unofficial retirements like that happen all the time. And across, I'm sure, the Flames one obviously comes comes clearer to me. Even before Aginla retired, that's another better way to look at it. When a player who was on a team for a long time leaves, usually that number isn't taken again. Like Aginla's number 12 before he retired, nobody wore that on the Flames. Nobody, if you, like, you could not have worn that on the Flames. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you tried to take number 12 yeah. in Calgary, you would have gotten jumped. Yeah, and, I'm and sure that's kind of why case. they do it, right? Yeah, that's why they do it, and it is it is interesting because something feels wrong. So it's not it's not the same because hockey obviously smaller rosters. Um, I'm thinking of it from a football perspective where they do retire numbers, just not as much. Um, but it did feel as a Seahawks fan, you coming off of um, what I believe to be one of the best defenses in NFL history. Yeah, all of those guys leave, and then you get players starting to come in and Wasn't wear 25 for DJ Jay Sherman. Dallas. 31 for Cam Chancellor, which yeah. is now worn by DJ Dallas. Yeah. Um, 25 is worn by Travis Homer. It feels weird, and it feels wrong, and it feels like they shouldn't have those numbers. <laughs> the second somebody wears three in Seattle for the first time, it's going to feel terrible. I was about um, to That's going that. to be terrible. Yeah. Like, I'm, uh, I'm just going to lose my lose my mind, because it's not going to feel because right. Because I've, like, that's another really good one to me, because I even, like, playing Madden, <laughs> I've drafted a quarterback while playing as Seattle, and he'll throw on number three, and I'll immediately change it. <laughs> Even in, in it Madden, right. I have it unofficially retired. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just feels weird, right? And it's one of those things where I honestly think, I mean, there's a very good chance Seattle retires his number at the end of his career. I, I think Yeah, that it depends there's... that that relationship is tenuous, but yeah, I, I would I would say so. Well, um, I even think now that most Seahawks fans don't hate Russell Wilson. People have come around, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a lot different than the really, like even 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 some of the former players have kind of been like, uh, um, which I won't get into all of that. Sure. But yeah. um, I do think I, I do think we've gone into it in the past as well. So yeah, I do think it's really interesting um, because that that this whole conversation is exactly why you retire numbers because players it's when a player becomes known for that number like that's when it's kind of like it fe- Again, like why would you do it anyway? Twelve is why would you such even a good example it? for that in Calgary. I I honestly think that's as good of any because when I think of number yeah. twelve now I think eight. Like I see a number twelve out there I on any team I think eight. That's just how my brain's yeah. hardwired now. I like in in my beer league. I wear number twelve because Iggy, <laughs> right? Like it's just one of those things where it's just. I mean that you know what I mean. Like it's it's just one of those things that's known. You cannot wear a Flames jersey and wear number twelve. It's never going to happen yeah. again, and it shouldn't ever happen again. Exactly, and I think. Um... I'll, I'll, I'll kind of transition a little bit because I think it's an interesting conversation to have because I agree like this is a I, I agree this is why you should re- this is why you should retire numbers I'll go with an argument as to why you shouldn't and it's something I kind of thought about uh, the, I'm thinking of the da- a Dallas Cowboys argument I think and it's I'm thinking of 
I'm thinking of the number 88 for the Dallas Cowboys. Because the number 88 with the Dallas Cowboys has been associated with so many great receivers over the years. You have Michael Irvin. You have Des Bryant. You have, oh, who's the, who's the older, older gentleman? Um, I don't know why his name is slipping, slipping by me. Is it someone uh, really obvious? Yes, it is. I'm, I'm completely blanking. And it's someone who like Roger Staubach would have been throwing to. Um, I'm, it's gonna, it's gonna. It's gonna. Um, it's. I can see the his worst face. Part, Drew Pearson. Drew Pearson. Drew yeah, Pearson. I was about to say the worst part is I can picture um, his face. I, 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 got, I got it. I got it before I looked it up. I'm not a fake football fan. I swear. Um, <laughs> like Drew Pearson, Michael Irvin, Des Bryant, and now Ceedee Lamb. Like there is a legacy of having that number, and that kind of thing. I think is almost even cooler than having a retired uh, number. Just knowing I don't know about that. Cooler. that I, I like the fact that some teams it's... unretire numbers. I think that's really cool. And I, I like mm. the idea that I don't think that legacy should be something that's just passed on willy-nilly. With 88, I almost feel like that there's a little bit of luck there. But, like, I'm sure, I'm sure there's I other would, players I wouldn't not in so. that. But, like, I still, stand, I, I still stand by what I said. Because I think that... Um, I don't know. I I don't I You wouldn't be looking at it as a legacy if they took number 3 for the Seahawks or 12 for 80. You'd be thinking of it as disrespect. No, it it, it does have to it does have to be built up over time. It yeah. does have to be built up over time. But that's time. what I mean. I but, think it which needs is to be a, an active it's decision a thing to, to pass do. it on. Like it needs to be a decision made by okay, the player. But, oh, when you when you retire a number, how often does that happen? Like no. not very often, right? I can name a couple like A Rod like, to the what Jets, Cardinals. Wasn't there the JJ Watt one? Um, oh, that's I don't just think NFL. like who would who would who would have retired ninety nine for the Cardinals? I'm pretty sure there was somebody. There was the, I remember seeing this article. Um, oh shoot, I remember the like families have offered to unretire it before. Like, I just, oh, like... Oh, yeah, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, I remember reading that one. Marshall Goldberg. Yeah. There you go. Like, I, I remember reading about some of those, right? I think I think that the answer... I don't agree with the legacy thing, but I think we could argue about that all day. I think that it should only be used in very specific scenarios, and I think, like... I think, actually, Calgary has done it very well. Calgary does not do a lot of things very well, but I think choosing when to retire <laughs> numbers has been something that they have been very very choosy on and i think i think to a point where it almost makes it hard to figure out who they're going to do next but at the same time easy if that makes sense in a weird way and and i i think i think there is a very like i am absolutely along that line of thinking in terms of i think you cannot um you cannot just you can't retire the millennium like it has to be like the flames do it where it has to be someone who is a key to a franchise in an era. And because otherwise, think, if you're retiring too many players, the weird like, thing at, now at that we're at the out. Flames, where like, and it, this conversation comes up every time someone big like this retires. Like, I'm trying to think of who it was for the Flames before this that had an argument for their jersey number. Well, it was Kipper, but before Kipper, there's another person I can't remember off the top of my head. Because uh, I think McKinnis has his number retired. Who else is there? McKinnis's number two is retired, right? It is honored. That's what it was. It is McKinnis then. McKinnis was the other guy that people were mad about. 
his number not being retired. Like, uh, that's another good one. The one that I think w there'll be conversations about once he do retires, he's still playing right now, is Mark Giordano. His number five. Because nobody has worn number five on the Flames since. That's one that I feel like is yeah. is uh, unofficially retired. And I think uh, I think that could be one that I think we'll see retired. Because he was, he was here for a long time. He won a Norris. He was a really big part of those 2010 Calgary teams. Some of which were good, some of which were no. not. I think he's one of the best. I think he is probably the second best player Flames captain ever say what you want about Lanny McDonald, but he was a co-captain when we won. So there you go. Yeah, I think that Mark Giordano is probably the second best Flames captain ever. So I think just for that reason, you have to retire his number. Yeah, and, and but I, there I are there are a lot of people who would probably say no. So yeah, I, I, think I think that's one that'll be controversial, whatever way they go with it. Yeah, I I think it's uh I think the way the flames do it is 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 good because I think um, you have to be very selective with it because at a certain point and this is looking way far out in the future and the flames but you're gonna run out of you're gonna run out of numbers and most of the guys for, the flames have franchises have been people who have were only really good with the flames which is yes. the argument against which Al I think McKinnis. which I think is how you. I think is how you do it. I think yeah. that's how you should. Which do. is the argument against Al McKinnis because some of his best years were with the Blues, right? And right. another, you know, point towards Mark Giordano, where like, sure, he left towards the back end, but he left not out of his own choice, really. He was kind of forced out. Because it was an expansion draft, right? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think that's the way you got to do it. So, like. Whenever I I think that the NFL and NBA, NBA more specifically does it too much. I think I mean you see that with the Celtics where players are forced to wear numbers in the 60s sometimes, 60s, 70s, 80s, which is unheard of in the NBA. Like you'll it's, see yeah, role players you're... wearing random numbers because they have like a hundred numbers retired, right? Like it's yeah, and it's like at a certain point you're gonna have to just start unretiring some of the old ones. Yeah, it's like. Which which kind of defeats the purpose, right? It does. It totally does. Because it's like the whole idea with retiring retiring a number is memorializing it, right? You will forever be yeah. known as 88 for the Flames or whatever, right? Or 88 for yada, yada, yada. So when they just go like, you know, 150 years down the road when they run out of numbers. Well, okay, uh, remember that guy from like 150 years ago who was really good? No? Okay, well, 88's back available. <laughs> Yeah, like, which, which defeats the whole purpose it's, of it. Yeah, it's it's just kind of dumb. I think I, that's why again yeah. why I like how the Flames do it. I I also think um, uh, the Montreal Canadiens are another good example. I think actually of a team that does it well. You just wouldn't think it because of how many numbers they do have retired. But most of those guys were only good with the Canadians, so that logic yeah. applies there. That's just an example of where they have a lot of numbers retired because of the talent they've had over the last hundred. Yeah. Um, do you want to... Even just going through the Celtics retired numbers is kind of crazy. It so is. they have oh, yeah. retired... Let's, let's list this off. 0, 1, 2, 3, 5, 6, 10, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35. Yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> that is insane. That is insane. That's insane. 
they have retired basically every basic NBA number or basketball number there is. Yeah. Like, um, there is not a single, other than 20. 20 was the one in there. 20 and 4 were, like, the two in there that I can think of players who wear them. But, like, uh, yeah. Like past that, like 20, even 26 through 29, you don't necessarily too o- see too often, strangely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I think the NBA doesn't do it very well. I think the NHL is the NHL is pretty good about it, although there is a couple every once in a while that are kind of. Eh. Yeah, and there's, I, I agree with you with the Canadians. Looking at this list, they have a lot of numbers retired, but just hearing some of the names, it's like these are all no doubters. Yeah, um, exactly. Morenz, like, who would you not um, Maurice Richard, John Beliveau, Henry Henry Richard, uh, Guy Lafleur. Doug Harvey, Jacques Plante, um, Dickie Moore, uh, Yvonne Cornier, uh, Bernie Jeffron, Serge Savard, Ken Dryden, Larry Robinson, Bob Gainey, Patrick Waugh, um, Booch Bouchard, uh, Elmer Locke, um, Guy Lapointe, and then Gretzky. And if I'm, re- if I'm remembering off the top of my head right, I how many years... The only one on that entire list that I almost think that I can make an argument against... For the same argument that I made against Al McInnes would be like Serge Savard because I think he played a good number of years in Chicago in his prime. I don't know how long he would have played uh, in Montreal. You you might want to fact check me on that. I don't remember, but I might even be wrong. So Serge Serge Savard um, won eight Stanley Cups with the Canadians. So I'll I'm, shut up now. Oh, I'm thinking of yeah. a different Savard, aren't I? Uh, I think you are. Yeah. Who's the other one? Um, Mark Savard? No, there's a different Savard. There's, there was a Savard. Den- he was Savard. traded for Chris Chelios in the 80s. Um, it might yes, have been okay. Serge Savard did in, did, in fact, play his entire career except for two weird years with the Canadians. Um, did he? Okay. David Savard? I don't know. No, not David Savard. He plays now. <laughs> yeah, I was um, in the 80s. Oh, fuck. What's his first name? There's been a lot of Savards. <laughs> I don't, maybe he didn't there, get his number yeah, retired for the exact that reason that, uh, for the exact reason I just Too said. Is it Dennis Savard? I think so. Did he play Blackhawks Canadians? Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, yep. That's him. Did he get his number Okay, retired? but he played more, he played more for the Blackhawks than he did for the Canadians. And did he get his number retired by the Canadians? Uh... No. Okay, well, there you go. So that was... So the one name that I did say of a legendary player who I thought... I I thought Serge Savard was Dennis Savard. And I said that I don't agree with that one. It wasn't retired. Another example of the Canadians doing a good job picking and choosing right there. Right? Like, that's like... Because I think a lot of people would think of him as a Canadian. At least off the top of my head. Like... uh, I know I definitely do, but yeah. Um, that's the only other really. Boston is pretty good about it, from what I remember. They've been pretty good at times. Like they had, they they'd be another team that has a lot, but they most of theirs are pretty, pretty good ones from what I remember. Like you know, you general yeah. Bobby Orr, Brad Park, all them. Mm-hmm. Like we could we could go through lists forever. But 
we probably should. Yeah, but I, I think that's a good way to end the conversation off and, and kind of a... Because it's a, it's a bit of a, like, you can go either way, I think. But I think there's a happy medium. And I think some teams hit it more than others, I think is the big thing. There's some teams but that I think really suck at hitting it. Like, yeah, really to go back to, to Shaq's comment, to go back to Shaq's comment, and it kind of loops in with what we were saying about how um, to retire a player's number, they should have been they were good for this one team, and that was yeah. kind of... It's like, is Kevin Durant going to get his number But, to make that argument, no. the, fu- the ironic thing is the thing that would have started this, if we made that argument, there's a there's a good argument for the fact that Shaq wouldn't get his retired his <laughs> number retired anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Other than maybe yeah, the Lakers. No, Lakers, all, Lakers would still probably retire. That's also, that's also true, but... But, I mean, he won, retiring, he won retiring three number, with us. Yeah. Retiring a number is a different thing than getting in, like, the Hall of Fame. Retiring a number is an indication that this player represents this team. Okay. I think you could make a case for Shaq on the Lakers. Okay. I think you could make a case for Shaq on the Lakers. Because but, nobody has worn 32 since. Like. Yeah. Like, nobody, and nobody will. And nobody would have. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's certain numbers yeah. where it's just, like, you just don't. And like, uh, I that's why I think retiring players like, like in recent years you see specific players where it's really, really, like obvious that they needed to get their number retired. Where by that team, like I can list off a bunch in NBA, like Kobe, Tim Duncan, uh, fucking Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett. Uh, Kevin Garnett had two, but that's that's an example of I think he got his number by retired by both the Celtics and the. Uh, Maybe he didn't get his number retired by the Celtics, but I think both the Celtics and Timberwolves. Arnett, Dwayne Arnett, Wade, I think, did. Yeah, Dwayne Wade is another really good one. He's up. There, he's there with Tim Duncan and Kobe for me. Where that's two really, really. It's loyal. It's almost a loyalty thing. I'd argue. I think it is because that's what again retired. I, which is, is why. Which is why I think that LeBron. I think LeBron will get his number retired, but I think it should only be with Cleveland. Yeah. Because what is the what are the yeah. Lakers gonna do? Retired six and twenty three? I sure fucking hope not. That the Lakers shouldn't be. Re- no, I mean the only other team I could make an argument for would be like the Heat, maybe. But that feels like a bit of a stretch too. I he didn't play there even, long enough. Even Cleveland feels like I no, mean I know he played Cleveland, there. Cleveland, you should make it. But like for Cleveland, you got to think about the impact. Yeah, that's true. And like the fact that time. I think I the think, fact the that fact if that he, he hadn't gone back. back, yeah, if he hadn't gone back, then no. But like that, I think that those years, in, those that second stint in Cleveland is what solidified his legacy there. I think so too. It's really a shame that he. I mean, his best years of his career, I think, were in Miami. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's controversial or not. No. Uh, maybe the first two years in Cleveland. Like, his best playoff years were in Cleveland. His best regular season were in Miami. Yeah, That's okay. not a controversial statement. Like, the okay. best LeBron we've ever seen was the playoff run where they beat the undefeated Golden State Warriors, in my opinion. I don't think that's... Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like, And that would have been Cleveland. Rude. Like, uh, yes, but yeah, okay. the best MVP LeBron season would have been with Miami. Yeah. Okay, but e- either way, either way, to to to, wrap, to kind of wrap up the conversation, I think it's 
it's in retired numbers is a bit of an enigma because you have you have players like LeBron where you obviously he's one of the greatest basketball players to ever live. If not, but he should not he should not have not if not he right, should not just... have his he should not have his number retired by everybody because retired numbers are different than a Hall of Fame no, nominations not. or honoring or If Jordan didn't get like it, that. it doesn't matter what LeBron does. LeBron could ret- play another five years, break all of Jordan's records, and completely put himself over there to the point where everybody's saying he is better than Jordan, they still wouldn't do it. Like, yeah. I, I think it'd be way too controversial to ever do LeBron. So if, you've got, if you're going to do that... Uh, what I could see, the same number. what I could see as a publicity stunt, would be the NBA retiring both in one swoop. Like I could say, see that. Like saying that. LeBron and they Jordan. honor LeBron and Jordan. Yeah. Which you, I could see that. That is the only way they could ever possibly do that now. But I'd still think yeah. that it would. It would be exactly what I just called it: a publicity stunt. Like nobody would look at twenty three the same way people look at ninety nine. Hmm. It's a lot of it's a feel thing. Some things feel right and some things don't. Yep. Dead on. Which like Which is pretty much the pretty much the conversation you can wrap up whatever the well, last like twenty and minutes were in. Feeling almost is what legacy is in a weird way. It's how you feel about a player yeah. and how you feel you're gonna feel about them once they're everything's all wrapped up. Right? That I feel like that word feeling just comes down to legacy. In the in that certain place. Gretzky Got you know what actually another argument towards Gretzky Jordan growed the game of basketball a lot but I don't think he did anything compared to what Gretzky did for hockey especially in America yeah like especially in, in the coast yeah. yeah in California and like I mean just uh, he went around the country <laughs> if you think about it like uh, I don't think I I'm sure some basketball fan will argue me with over this I will happily partake in that argument. But I just think that what Gretzky did is unmatched in any sport. I don't think there's yeah. ever been somebody who has had as much of an impact, not only with the popularity, but also just with how the sports played and how the players treat things. And just, like, I think that he's done so much for the sport that I don't think anybody can match, and that's why his number's retired across the league. Like, his number, like, mm-hmm. that 99... Everything Gretzky did was a was a ninety. I I can't even. It's like it's so hard. It's so hard to explain to somebody who wouldn't know who Gretzky was because you just can't explain it. It's just how it was. Like him taking ninety nine almost because it was flashy because he want he said screw it basically right like he he wanted to wear nine couldn't went I'll double it up and then did it despite everybody saying he'd get laughed at for it. That's a Gretzky thing to do, right? It's just one of those things. Yeah. Where Gretzky's legendary for it. Like, yeah. and I think that's something that I don't know if you can say the same thing about. I feel weird making this argument. But you can you can almost say... Right. Uh, you can't say the same thing about Jordan. You can't say the same thing about so. really anybody. I think... Uh, I, I guess my question to you, and we can end off with this question, because I think it's a really, really okay. good one. So, football. Moving back to the NFL. No. Number 12. No, no. You can't do it. You can't do it? Why? No, because it's it's the same argument you make for Jordan and LeBron. Because it's 
already such it's not a 99 i think it has to be a 90 like it has to be a number like 99 that is so distinctive and stands out where it's like gretzky is the guy who wore this but it's like 12 is, brady. Is, 12 is, is brady there... 12 is brady but it's also rogers but it's also namath and i'm sure yeah. i can name a million other quarterbacks who have worn point. 12 like and that's the quarterbacks thing I'm, i almost feel like i was alley-ooping you for this one because i i i have the same opinion. yeah i i just i, I just wanted to throw it back Another terry bradshaw example. jim yeah. kelly ken yeah. stabler <laughs> yeah. while it's, none of them may have been tom brady they still were all of legends. them are hall of fame yeah, like, quarterbacks it's like randall cunningham's another good one i don't Rodney think that, that's why i don't one. think there will ever be another night jim kelly I don't think there should ever be another. I don't think so either. Because, like, even, like, thinking about it, like, what else can you think of? I think the only other one, in a very, very funny way, would be if somebody came through the ranks, broke all the records, and, like, in... And this, it can't be, like, football offensive linemen, because that is the only place that this is ever worn, but 69. <laughs> I think that is the only other... <laughs> That or like a Landon forward. Dickerson. That exactly. Landon Dickerson. Exactly. <laughs> that or a forward in hockey wearing like number one, which is I think might be illegal in the NHL and most leagues. I'm not sure because I think it's technically a goalie number. So I don't know if you can take it, yeah. but if you can, I think that'd be another one where it'd be pretty. That's if... a, that'd be similar. I will end it off. I will end the conversation off on this because. We, add, we think about where this precedent, this, it, it's a Gretzky thing. We think about, if is there any possible situation where it could happen again? Double zeros. And I'm realizing, double zeros, yeah. But there's an opportunity for it to be in the NHL, too. Because what's another high 90s number that we'll, we'll see how careers pan out. Yep. But it would be interesting to see 97 for McDavid. 98. Depending on how his career goes, and depending, a ninety-eight for Bedard. Yeah. We'll see. I, that's another one that's where ours. it's like, yeah, that's, that's projecting twenty-five years out, maybe. But yeah, we'll see. That's another conversation, though, where it's like, is that even that not league-wide? Actually, I actually will die on that hill. That twenty-five years from now, we'll have this exact conversation. And I'm going to make the same argument we made today about why Jordan, why Tom Brady, because it's not the same. It's it's similar, it's similar because there hasn't been a lot of ninety eights and ninety seven, but there has been more. There has been more, the less ninety sevens than there has been ninety eights, because I can think of a couple ninety eights even still in the league now. But ninety sevens, it's a little tougher. I don't actually know if anyone wears ninety seven in the league other than McDavid right now, but there has been in the past, and I, I think um I think and for one, both players would have to be absolutely phenomenal. Like, they would have to be on par with Gretzky. Which, I think, the only scenario where any... I And I, I still think this is the, the case now. Even, no matter how Ovechkin's career pans out, because I think that'll really up how high this bar ends up going. The only record that Gretzky set that is legendary enough that could really, really rocket somebody up to where Gretzky is, is that goal record. That is beatable. Beatable. I want to say that. Because we're seeing with Ovechkin now that there it is possible to get there. You just have to be consistently... I mean, consistently 50 to 40 goals for your entire career. 
basically. Yeah. I think the only player right now who, like, I remember looking at this stat a while back. He's He is slightly behind Ovechkin's average for goals per game, but the only other player that's kind of similar is Austin Matthews, who he's slightly behind Ovechkin's pace, which isn't exactly doing him many favors, obviously. But um, he's the only other guy I can think of that could potentially rival that. But that's assuming we've even seen the best of Austin Matthews. So, who knows? Yeah. We'll come back to this conversation in 25 years, and then I think we oh, can... God. We'll, we'll see. Grandpa we'll see. Grandpa trick plays. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be sad? Oh. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody, for watching Trick Play Podcast this week. If you are new, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube, check us out, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all those good places. If you're finding us on one of those platforms and you want to listen to us on an audio platform, just look up the Fresh Take Network. I don't have the graphic in front of me this time, so it's going to be a little bit more difficult. Is it, is it here? It is. You're it, might, it might be here. <laughs> had to really think through that one because I I, I'm not seeing it this time. You're also in a different um, room, which probably doesn't help because... The way that, I am. The way that I've learned to do it is in again, you can't see my screen right now. Actually, I can fix that. There, now you can. I look for the light switch. I just point at the light switch. Okay. That's the way I, I just know that it's it. I I know that it's the opposite way I think it is because this is the way that it would make sense. Yeah. But it's that it's way this it's reversed. Way. And the reason yeah. the reason it's weird like that is because normally Normally, when you put in video for most things like this, it would end up flipped like that, just kind of accidentally. But especially, it's less. It, it'd be more obvious when you look at like stuff on shirts, for example, is a really good way to tell that it's reversed. Like writing, the Seahawks logo behind yeah, you like, would look very strange. Like uh, all of my books and the Luke Combs yeah. album up there would look pretty whack. Like it would just like, it just makes everything look pretty awkward. So yeah, no. Cause We're... that's how it looks for me on this other screen is it's flipped and every, the Seahawks logo is weird. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. But on this one, on this one, it's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, I'll, I'll go with my shout out for the week. It's a quick one. I had like, I was in between two. I could have gone. I, I, it was going to be this up until I already had my Aaron Rodgers dunking on time, so I will I'll leave it be. But Nick Wright, um, who's some sort of sports talk show guy, had a fantastic rant about why Aaron Rodgers sucks and is terrible, and um, if you come across that in your social media feed, watch it. It's fantastic. Um, but another thing that I wanted to shout out this week is Jer Alexander, who, uh, I don't know if you've heard this story, Simon. He has recently been suspended by the Green Bay Packers. I didn't hear why he was suspended, um, but I heard it happen. So the story of why he was suspended is really funny, but the reason I'm giving him the shout-out is the interview he gave post-game. If you have not heard the Jer Alexander post-game interview, when they're interviewing him about this whole coin flip debacle, which is why he was suspended, watch it. You should watch it now. Um, because it is absolutely fantastic. Um, I've got this. In the I'm a new audio device now. I think, um, but <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when I look at my phone. You are, uh, I think, my go. sister's JBL um, headphones. 
Congrats. <laughs> I just, also um, I can throw I, in as a bit of context. The reason it was so scuffed today is because I left my computer charger at the arena that, oh my god, Skylar is not giving up. Um, she, but I left my charger at the arena that I was calling uh, game at today, like the genius I am. So I stole my sister's laptop, which is very bad. Very bad laptop. It, don't tell her I said this, but I'm going to tell her when I go in her room. So actually, I don't care. Tell her if you wish. But um, the it is a terrible laptop. It is running very bad. And it we had some issues, especially with the first one. The first recording was very weird it, it wouldn't end for a bit and i actually had to basically force crash obs and thankfully it didn't corrupt but anyway I'm, i interrupted your shout out so i can let you keep going <laughs> yeah i'll so gerald gerald alexander um the reason he was suspended is because he went out for the coin flip as one of the captains however the issue is is that gerald alexander was not a captain for this game he should not have been out there for the coin flip. How, despite that, though, he ended up being the one who was calling heads or tails, and when they eventually won, deciding what they would do with the coin flip. Now, the issue with that is, is that when you win the coin toss, most teams defer, aka they move the choice to the second half, which then means the team that now gets the, the yeah. team that lost the coin toss will now choose to receive, obviously because yeah. they don't get the choice in the second half anymore. Yeah. But what Jer Alexander said is instead of saying defer, he said, I want our defense on the field, which means that he's choosing to kick off the ball and then the other team gets still gets the choice in the second half, <laughs> which means that the Packers could have kicked off twice. And now, thankfully for Jer Alexander, the referee saved his ass and said, oh, do you mean defer? And he said, oh, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, my but... God, that's awesome. <laughs> that's, to that, be fair, with him, to be fair, like... that is not a rule I knew. I actually didn't know that's what they meant by defer. I thought you were deferring nope. starting with it, not deferring the nope, decision. you're deferring the choice. That's really interesting. Choice. That's, um, to be fair, that's, that's not something I would have known. You almost, you almost think that's why they designate certain people to go out as captains and why people like Jerry Alexander... That sounds like um, something have that been... should be more well-known. If Yeah, like, yeah. Like, especially if you're I mean, on an NFL isn't... team. Like, again, I'm not judging yeah, him because I didn't know. Be. But, like... Yeah, all I mean, I think it's really funny because, again, listen to this post-game interview. If I... If I'd say anything else in the shadow, listen to his post-game interview, and okay. it's hilarious because he clearly has no idea what he's done. He still does not know because the reporters are asking him, and they're like, oh, why did you go out um, at the start the, uh, with the captains? Like, you weren't a captain. Like, what was up with that? And he was like, well, you know, the boys know I'm from Charlotte, so it was just fitting. Uh <laughs> I was like, okay. And he's like, oh, do you know what you did? And he's like, well, I said I wanted our defense on the field. I wanted our defense on the field. And he's like, do you know what that could have meant? I wanted our defense on the field. <laughs> no clue. I can't do this justice because I'm not saying it in the way he is. Oh, I'm sure. Because he is so aloof and above all of it. Very oh, I'd funny. I'd be too. If go, you hadn't explained it, I would have been too. So, I mean. Yeah. It's it's hilarious. Um, it sucks for the Packers because now they don't have their best defensive player in 
basically an elimination game. So it's, I don't know why the Packers actually suspended him. That's kind of weird. But anyways, my shout out goes to Jerry Alexander because that post game interview is one of the funniest <laughs> things I've seen come out of the NFL this season. So yeah. Okay, mine. I actually I actually told you this story before the podcast, but I, I think it's too cool not to share it on here. So I'm gonna take the opportunity. I uh, I got to call a game today. And I, I get to the arena. I So, for the last... I got my roster sheets for this tournament. I'm doing, again, the Circle K Classic. I got my roster sheets for all the teams. And two players were highlighted out. I... Ooh, I all of a sudden cannot remember the other guy's name off the top of my head. So I'm not going to try. But uh, I'm sure, editing Simon, if you want to, you can throw your, his name on the screen. Because he's also really, really good. But I haven't called him yet, which is why I didn't remember his name. The other player that was highlighted was named Landon DuPont. And he played for Edge, which is Edge School, that were playing in the tournament. And I was doing their game today. So I get to the arena, and I set up all my stuff like I normally would to call the game. I'm the, I always am one of the first people there. I like to be there early. Pull out my computer. Look at, pull up my phone, and the notification that I see on my uh, phone is, in quotes, superstar in the making, Landon DuPont's special talent shines in minor hockey. And Sportsnet, specifically Eric Francis, who was also in the building for this game, had uh, written an article on this kid. And there was a lot of pretty important people, actually, at this game. I saw, I, I spoke with a couple people. There was a couple i mean i'm gonna list some canadian news so if you're not canadian this might blow right by you but some glow there was a global reporter i thought i saw someone from ctv it was a pretty pretty documented thing funnily enough and right before as well was a gimless kid and it felt like there was less attention on that in a very funny way still plenty but it was pretty cool it was pretty that is the first time i think in my career that i've gotten to be part of a moment like that where it was he also had his first goal of the tournament and this guy's for this kid's 14 playing against 18 year olds it's really impressive so it was a really at least for me it was a very very cool thing that i got to do today and uh he's gonna be incredible he's an incredible player he's a small guy too he's got a wicked shot they like uh, the comparisons comparison eric francis makes in the article is uh and i can show the article on the screen I'll send a screenshot to myself of it. But um, the comparison that Eric Francis made for him was Kale McCarr. And that comparison is made a lot, especially with offensive defensemen who are mobile. But this is one that really, really, if you watched him, it's really, really there. Where, like, he's got that edge work. So I, I thought it was an incredible experience. So that's my shout-out. Finally, I have a cool one. Usually I just have, like, something random, like wearing sunglasses inside. Today, I decided to switch it up a little bit. There we so, go. There we go. Yeah. There you go. That's for the podcast. Mo for more... Yeah, for more cool Simon shadows, come back next week. Now there's an expectation. you got to have oh, one God. next week. Well, now I just got to hope that I get some cool for the rest of the tournament. I... I will say... I will throw this out there. I, um... I have not called a Ginla's team. Jerome Ginla. He is coaching the Kelowna team that is being that's representing at the tournament. I have not gotten to call one of their games yet. I am hoping I do. Because if that's the case, there's a good chance 
that I will get to meet Jerome McGinley, and that would be a very cool experience. I actually could have gotten the opportunity to today. I turned it down because I decided that I'm a professional, and I kind of regret it now. <laughs> so... <laughs> But if I'm actually, if I'm, if I'm, if, yeah, exactly. If I'm calling the game, I can go down there for professional reasons (laughs) and meet them. (laughs) So maybe, maybe I'll have a pretty neat photo to show if I get to call one of their playoff games, but I don't know yet. yet. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. Also shout out to this Reese's Pieces candy cane thing that I've been eating all podcast. Hopefully it's not been too loud in my <laughs> That's always the hope. All right. Good podcast. Make sure to check us out everywhere. Um this is technically the last podcast of 2023. Happy New Year. It's not even technically well, it just is. Yeah, Happy New Year, true. Next podcast will be in 2024. I Yeah, I I don't know if I necessarily have any specific announcements. I Look, looking forward to 2024. Hopefully we keep things going strong. The last couple weeks have been very, very solid for the podcast. I don't know if I actually sent you. The support we've been getting, especially lately on YouTube, has been really cool to see. Because we've just, yeah. we've been hearing a lot about how, how well things are doing over on Fresh Take, which is awesome as well. But I think, uh, and I mentioned this as well, it's really cool to be able to see, see it firsthand, I guess. Because seeing things... Occasionally, our net fresh take. I can say the network's name. I don't know. It feels weird to just call it our network. I'll I'll talk to Josh who runs it, and he'll send me a couple of photos, and we'll get to see something like that. But through YouTube, we you really get to see. It's it's just there. It's right in front of you, right? You really get to just see the support, and it's been really cool to see everything, just doing. There was a couple months where things weren't as strong on YouTube, and I it's nice to see we're over that hill. So I'm happy we're we're starting yeah. to get. Some more viewers. I welcome all of you. And um, hope you guys are enjoying it as much as we're enjoying making it. It's honestly terrific time. I, I'm hoping that... Uh, I'm hoping we just continue to grow and keep adding to this tiny-ass little community we have going. Yep. So good. 